to the Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself. And revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who should have won podcast. We are here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email, which is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. See us on any of our social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd, at Best Picture Cast. Again, that's at Best Picture Cast. And we are back yet again to celebrate... An anniversary. This is our second anniversary as a podcast. We've been doing this thing for two years. Two years ago, in February of 2020, we released a, a double release. It was our pilot episode, The Parted, followed by One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It was a journey from there. So two years later, we're here. I have with me three of the original hosts that we had when we started this thing off. It was supposed to be five of us, but we have four here today. So... We're going to introduce them one by one. We'll start with where we started this whole thing in that pilot episode I just mentioned, and that is Artie B. Artie B. How are we doing today? Welcome. Doing well. How's everyone doing tonight? We're good. We're good, indeed. If I don't know who I'm speaking for other than the co-hosts here, the people listening, I don't know. Guys. Two years, Artie. Two years. Yeah, that's wild. I've, uh, I don't really know what happened in between. <laughs> I, I do remember that that very first recording we do reference it quite often here but it's it's wild to think about how far we've come with this and how just even how more comfortable we are now than we were back then when we had absolutely no clue what we were doing oh yeah no clue required a lot of liquid courage to get through the first episode <laughs> perhaps a little too much liquid courage yeah do you have a uh are you a little memory from the last two years something that sticks out i know memory isn't your strong suit usually but <laughs> <laughs> It's an astute observation. Uh, I have a couple. The getting getting heated on the rankings episode mm. about platoon. That was a that was a fun experience. Yeah, I think you're most specifically referring to the the recent one, the uh, the thirty. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, best years of our lives episode. Really, really good movie. Yeah, that was your most recent one, right? Yeah, yeah and it was a, a great a great episode. Yeah, really good. A lot of fun with that. Good. I always love when uh, we get people seeing seeing classic movies for the first time that they're. You know, up, up there on their list. I like the old hidden gems that end up being really good movies. Also with me here today, as you said, um, that one from the Cuckoo's Nest, Joey R. was scheduled here and he was a late scratch, so he won't be here with us today. Tweaked his hammy in warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> but fear not, we have from episode three, making his return here, Chris G. Chris? Yeah, how you doing? I guess pretty good. Hope you guys doing are good. doing well. Nice to see you all again. You too. That's right. That was Rain Man episode three way back when. We yeah. recorded that right here. This was yeah. the, uh, the Rain Man Studios. I, I was um, terrified. I was like, I, I have no business doing this. Like, I don't know. I'm not qualified. And then I realized that none of you were qualified to do this somehow, And I felt much better. You know? Yeah, you were, you were pressed into duty there for that one. Yeah. But it came out great. It came out, it came out nice. And here we are two years later. You've uh, had a bunch of episodes in between. And I think our anniversary show last year was one that you were supposed to be on, and you had to uh, to bow out yeah. last minute. So 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of things going on these days for for everyone. So yes. uh, things come up. <laughs> True, that but you we don't have expect. A, we have a tradition going on. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an yeah. anniversary we, tradition. We picked a great two years to start doing this. You know, <laughs> yeah, couldn't have picked two more challenging years. <laughs> well, it kept it, it keeps our minds busy if nothing That's else. Right. That's fair. Amen. Chris, stay a little BPC memory you have looking back after the last two years. I mean, I think we were all in it for this one, the, uh, the gangs of Goodfellas defense and the Broadway melody yeah. episode. That was uh pretty hilarious. That was the last uh, time we were all together. This is the same crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember already not remembering the movie we had just watched. Uh, that was, that was great. Didn't even know, <laughs> didn't even know what it was about. We said memory is not my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> and Grant and I uh, having to defend Goodfellas. That was a good time. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That was a, a wacky one. I think it was one where we had been away from each other for a little bit too. So we kind of, it was a bit of a, a reconvening. We were like walking out of the space station and, and seeing <laughs> new life. We're in territory. Yes. Yeah. And as you hear his voice now, he is the fourth member here. He was on episode four, Crash. And he's Grant Z. Grant. Happy anniversary. It's uh, it's really great to be here. Thank you for uh, including me this time around. I was shut out of last year's. Yes, you but, were. Um, wasn't even invited, so. <laughs> Which ended up, again, being a, a poor decision because Chris bowed out last minute, so we could have had you in. Yeah, well, it yeah. worked out. Well, so you well, like, I got nominated. Yeah, Platoon was I got nominated to be there, and uh, I just chose not to, and then you didn't even get the nomination. I know. It's a bummer. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. And who knew that our, our anniversary episode would create such tension moving forward with, with that movie? That's that's the biggest hot-button issue within this podcast, for sure. It's Especially especially with this... Uh, the, the core five. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a, it's been a and it's I mean if you count Oz, it's kind of an even split with it. You know where you have me, Joey, and Oz kind of pro platoon. Yeah. And then the three of you guys are more in the uh, anti platoon brigade. But I don't know. We don't have to talk about that here today. Yeah. No. We have, um, no, we have, we have a better we have a better warm up to discuss. <laughs> we'll be battling about that again in the future. Grant, uh, just a, a fond memory of BPC over the last two years, something that you can harken back to. You know, um, something that comes to mind, besides the Gang of Goodfellas episode, because that one's just bananas, uh, with you and me and Chris doing the uh, Oliver episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that was a really great episode, something I kind of wasn't expecting. Yeah. And um, Chris with a massive curveball <laughs> of liking the movie. <laughs> Nobody like, was more I... surprised than I was. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I think that's, that's, a, that's a great episode that doesn't get a lot of love. Yeah, I, I, I think it was. That's that's kind of the ones that I harken back to. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I love that episode. It's, it's it's excessively long, which is always a good marker of a BPC uh, a classic. Well, we all watched like fourteen different. Oliver <laughs> Twist. Right. We covered a lot of this. We covered a lot of, of Charles Dickens properties there. Yeah. That one. So. Yes. Yeah, so, and and you know, for me, if I'm looking back, one that that sticks out to me, and I always love the rankings episodes. That that's they're, yeah, they're the favorite great. things that we do. You know, whether it's the uh, the first fifteen, the the next fifteen, or the first thirty, all, all uh, those are always my favorite episodes to do. That being said, I think one that I look back on is is the uh, the winner of the animation tournament, the Lion King episode. That was fun. Uh, that was that was uh, myself, Artie. You were there, uh, Grant. You were there, Jay Dowski was there too. Yep. And you know, that was one. It, it was an interesting dynamic because I think like Artie and Jay you hadn't even met each other before we started recording. That's right. And I was in a real weird headspace coming into that one. Like, right before recording, I got some not good, tragic news. And I was really, like, a little rattled going into that. So some of the laughs that we had in that episode, just true, like, 
we weren't manufacturing anything. We weren't forcing yeah. anything. We just were genuinely belly laughing to the point where we couldn't breathe. I mean, and just it was it was the episode was was almost like a, a bit of medication too. It was, yeah. it was great. Ray, Ray Liotta narrating the Lion King. Oh, hilarious. Is... The Marissa Tomei stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just it's great. A, a lot of fun. Tomei. Yeah, <laughs> a, a lot of fun. So yeah, those those are just a few of our kind of fonder memories of the last two years as many more and you're going to be hearing throughout this episode some voices from some bpc personalities throughout they'll kind of chime in and and uh say hello too so that's that should be fun and we are here to talk about this movie today bridge on the river Kwai. it is our first time tackling a david lean movie here this is one of my favorites so it was was easy to pick for this for this anniversary episode it's a movie I'm pretty sure everyone here had seen before this assignment, so that should add a little a little extra extra oomph to it. But I'm going to start with you, Grant, because I think you're the newest to this movie. I am. Yeah. So what what were you what were your earliest experiences here? You know, it's a movie that I've always heard about, never never seen it. Last well, March, TCM was doing a whole run of Oscar movies. I saw that it was on there, and I DVR'd it, and then a few months later. I watched it. So the, my first watch was within within 12 months of now. So fairly recent. And yeah, it was kind of everything I expected it to be. Like mm. this, this huge, epic war movie. Which can be tricky too when you have, you come in with some, some preordained expectations, especially when we're talking about epics. You know, oh, for they, sure. It, it, has to, it has to hold up to, to that reputation. Exactly, yeah. Artie B, we'll go with you next here. Earliest experience with this one? Compare that to, to this recent one? So you mentioned when you were doing the uh, original challenge of watching all the best picture movies that this was one that I should watch, that I would like. And you re you recommended Lawrence of Arabia at the same time. So I think in like two or three days I watched those two movies. So that was an epic weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot has changed for the more recent viewings other than more appreciation. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. And Chris, how about you? Um, I saw this probably ten years ago with you. Yeah, um, and, and Artie B was in the mix there. Yeah, too. I don't remember Artie being there, and I guess I blocked that out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but, uh, I'm taking your guys' word for it. <laughs> he doesn't remember either. Um, but I, I did not, I'll be honest, I didn't remember it at all. I remember, I knew I liked it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't remember the movie, you know, 10 years is a long time. Uh, and, you know, also I watched it differently this time around, and uh, it was, you know, it it's... As good as everybody says it is, you know, so. And that was back, that was long before BPC or Best Picture Cast was even a thought. You know, we were oh, just yeah. doing kind of a movie night, right? It was yeah, like, I think it was we, the three of us, uh, your, your wife Jasmine. Yeah, we had a few other friends that were like, we were like, we had this idea, like, let's just all pick movies and make sure to watch them. Yeah, all in all, there was about seven of us, I think. Yeah. And some people were in and out of them. And the first one we did, Chris, was your choice. I think it was Jaws. It was. Yeah. I, well, did I pick two? Because I remember making you guys watch uh, Jesus' Son. Later on, I think because you were the first to go, I think we circled back around yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was, and Bridge on the River Quiet was my choice. So, right. Artie, I believe yours was Mission Impossible 3. That's right. <laughs> That's the best one. That's the best one. Couldn't yeah, agree so, more. Th and that, boy, that does feel like an eternity ago, though. It's, yeah, um, I mean, it was a lifetime ago for yeah, me. Right. I mean, that was before marriage and kids and yeah, all the rest of it. Yeah, you know? but it's funny how, uh, how things lead us to here. But for me, Bridge on the River Kwai, my God, um, it was very early in the challenge. It was kind of a movie. When I first looked at this list back when I was in like middle school, I just remember that name sticking out on the list. And that's yeah. when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, that's when I decided this is something I wanted to do. I didn't put it into action until college. I just remember that name sticking out. So when I went out and kind of bought the DVDs early on to try to, it was on the earlier end of things. And 
a lot of the first movies I watched, I was like, mm, okay, yeah, that's an, an old good movie. You know, that's that's a classic. I see why people like that, but it's, you know, it's very old. It seems like it, there's yeah. not a connection. Then I watched this one and was like, oh boy, now we're cooking. It's a different um, movie. Yeah, there's nothing that ages about this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a lot more contemporary than a lot of the movies of that of that era. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, and and in seeing this one, I knew. I knew that I was in for some good stuff moving forward with some of these, and, and this this one always stands out in my mind for that because I actually saw this before I saw Lawrence. Yeah, so this is uh, this is quite the epic. I'm looking forward to talking about this today. There's a lot to talk about on the screen. There's a lot to talk about behind the scenes. There's a lot to talk about with, with themes and characters and all that. So this is going to be uh, it's going to be quite uh, quite an interesting episode here. Happy second anniversary to the best picture cast. This is Oz. You've heard me flying around with Birdman, laughing with Annie Hall, checking in to the Grand Hotel, working in the coal mines and How Green Was My Valley, and on such instant classics known as Cavalcade and Tom Jones. I can't wait for year three. I know there's some heavy hitters left. Really interested to see which movie will make Artie B cry, which will make Joey R pace around the room, and which movie will back Grant into a corner as he defends the honor of the movie, all as Kieran B is doing his best to be a, the, the moderator and the referee. Uh, and personally, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting irrationally mad when I'm eliminated in the first round of all these tournaments. Can't wait. Good job so far. Cheers to the third year of Best Picture Cast. Okay, so before we get into things, let's talk about what we are drinking here for this uh, this celebratory anniversary episode. I guess, Artie, you're cracking it open. Let's start with you. We're drinking the Founders All Day IPA. Got to keep there it respectable, it boys. Yes, Artie is usually the leader in in ABV. ABV. He's the he's the league leader in, in ABV. <laughs> the clubhouse leader. Yeah, right. you, can, you can you can give it another hour. You'll hear it. Right, that's right. And I go, oh, all day IPA. He's like, yeah, well, you know, for the for the bigger movies, and you know, I, I try to be a little more, show them a little more respect. And I'm like, oh, so you just got a lower alcohol, but you brought thirteen of them. <laughs> Fifteen. <back>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh boy! So yeah, founders, founders, all day IPA. It's a great one. I always love that one. Grant, what did you bring over here today? Um, I'm continuing my Christmas beer purge of beers that I've amassed over like Thanksgiving, birthdays, Christmas. So I have um, a six pack of uh, Stella Artois that was never consumed. So having uh, some yes. of those. Okay, Stella in the mix. Yep, Chris. I went. I'm gone real weird with it here. Um, I have something called Afterglow, which is a hard kombucha. Mm. Oh. Citrus Rush is the flavor, grapefruit and blood orange. And just so everybody knows, it's not only organic, it's gluten-free, it's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, and paleo-friendly. So I feel like I'm on like this great diet. But is it drinker-friendly? Is there alcohol? It has, it's the, oh, 5%. 5%? Oh, okay. oh, hard kombucha. Okay, oh, okay. Kombucha. I think you're just, yeah. just sitting here drinking a health drink. I'm like, oh, okay. No. It's, oh, there's 5% there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, very nice. And it's delicious. You're working on gut health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Afterglow, oh. it's quite good. Yes, yeah, so I have because it's uh, it's an anniversary. Yep, we got to kind of harken back to the start. I'm drinking the brewery that I brought to the very first episode, and one that is no stranger to Best Picture Cast. It is the Montauk Brewery. It probably has to be the most frequently consumed brewery I here think so. at yeah. Best well, Picture hey, Cast. Sierra Nevada's catching up. Right, that's true. That's true. Artie's on quite the Sierra Nevada run. 
I brought the uh, the Eastern Haze, as Joey R would say, it's the mustard colored. Yeah, can. it's my least favorite of their cans. Agreed. It's Agreed it's that. It yes. turns me off. It's, when I see it in the store, it turns me off. Yeah, Agreed. I do like the ABV though, four point nine. So it's kind of yeah. nice, uh, a nice one to get. And my, my kombucha has got you beat. So, yeah, it uh, does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. So the Eastern Haze is, is, is an aptly named one because we have a lot of our characters in quite an Eastern Haze throughout <laughs> this movie too. And I have brought a little extra companion along. Saito's favorite, Johnny Walker, red label, as seen in The Bridge okay. in the River Kwai. Here it is, a nice little bottle. He preferred you can keep that to yourself. Time. Yes. Would you guys like some? No. Absolutely not. No. Perhaps, perhaps, later. I, perhaps later. Perhaps later. Perhaps much later. Perhaps later. Perhaps. What do you guys will say? I prefer uh, sake. I'll take that drink. Cheers to you, gentlemen. Cheers, Cheers. to happy, Best Picture cast. Happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. Oh, yes. Oh, Cheers. God. Chin Chin. Happy anniversary, y'all. Prost. Cheers. Ah, uh, yes, delicious. So, I prefer that to sake, indeed. Although I do actually do like sake. I love sake. Yeah, yeah, sake. yeah I do too. Okay, so Bridge on the River Kwai, it is it is a David Lean classic. David Lean is a director we're going to cover twice here. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the one of two? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, Lawrence Arabia would be one of his later wins. He has been nominated for director a few times, but these were his two wins. He won picture and director here with both of these. The Lawrence episode is going to be a whole other monster to tackle, so we won't have to... There'll be plenty of Lawrence to talk in the yeah. future, so we can oh, really sure. focus on, on this one. Tonight. I may be the only one that here that hasn't seen Lawrence of Arabia. I have not. Oh, oh you haven't neither of you have seen oh Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, my God. Exciting stuff. Holy moly. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Artie, you've seen it several. Several. Oh, right. every time it's on, I leave it on. I should ask you this in the intro part. How many times have you seen this movie, Artie? This was my third and fourth watch. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I do want yeah. to just kick around other David Lean... Movies. Is this the only David Lee movie that you've seen, Chris? As far as I know, yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Grand, you did well, I've the, seen the, the, uh, his version of Oliver Twist. Right. Which is great. Yes, and, and Chris so would have seen that if he watched the correct <laughs> episode. <laughs> oh, God, that's, gonna, that's never going to not watch me. like the, the obscure he 19, the 19, 32 like, version. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was made with like shadow puppets. I didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> he actually went to England and like, saw a play. Like, yeah, it was, it was brutal. Uh, which is, and the lean version is way better than Oliver. He is one of my favorite directors, uh, I will say. He does have a couple, of, a couple of big movies of his that I haven't seen. I haven't seen Passage to India. I haven't seen Summertime. I haven't seen Great Expectations, believe it or not. So, okay. Did he do Brief Encounter? He did Brief Encounter. Yeah, that's just, very just, high on my movie to watch list. Ooh. You just did that, right? With, yeah, I just uh, on, uh, on Cinemas. Yeah. yeah, Mike with Cinemas. We covered Brief Encounter. Highly recommend checking out the episode. We had a blast talking about it and, and talking about all sorts of stuff. The, the interesting one about that one is it's just it's so much smaller it's in scale. Well, this, this is the first sure. epic movie he ever yeah. made. I mean, yes. And then yeah. he only made epics. And Brief Encounter is like... 85 minutes it's like not even wow. it's not even long and it pretty much is it's in a very fixed setting and what he does, does with that one is is he took a a one act half hour play and turned it he beefed it up yeah and turned it into a movie that he Oscar. got nominated for best director for it was his first Oscar That's nomination right. so if you watch him expand a one act play into a 90 minute movie and then see him do this and expand even further and then when we get to Lawrence Arabia see huge further yeah. expansion yeah so he's he is is very very adept at making a lot yeah. out of a little, and we'll Art, see that with this one. Artie, you would like uh, Lean's Oliver Twist? Yeah, you think? Yeah, it's on uh, HBO Max, I think. Yeah, you, I think you would really like it. Is it a musical? No, then I probably would it's like very it. it's very much a true adaptation, and it's it's fantastic. Yes, yeah, it's Oliver without the music and the oh, sounds good. Yeah, it's great. Hey everyone, this is Joe B here from Chariots of Fire and the Horror Draft Recap. I uh, just want to say happy anniversary to the BPC podcast, and uh, can't wait for more great things to come. 
So anything else we need to talk about? We'll talk more lean and, and all that and plenty of Alec Guinness, I'm sure, too. Because, Grant, this is interesting, too, because you have a major Star Wars component. Oh, yeah. Like well, our, you're our, our, our in-house Star Wars expert. Yeah, I mean, I was talking this movie with my wife, Katie. I'm like, you know, I just kept on calling him Obi-Wan instead of, <laughs> instead of Nicholson or Alec Guinness. Looking forward to, to hearing your take on his performance, seeing it after. I mean, obviously, I saw Star Wars before I saw original Reply, sure. too, but... Just the relationship that you've had with Star Wars well. Because I've life. associated him with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I think everybody associates what they associate him with. I sure. Mean, yeah, right? for, from our generation. I, from our generation, sure. definitely. Yeah. All right, so anything else we have to cover before we, we do the deep dive here, guys? We, we got this? Yeah. All right, it's time to deep dive. Let's do it. The year here is 1957. The U.S. president was Dwight D. Eisenhower. He was beginning the first year of his second term after re-election the previous fall alongside Vice President Richard Nixon. Ike was raised in Abilene, Kansas, but born in Denison, Texas, a small city north of Dallas. Before his presidency, he served as the president of Columbia University, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Right before he ran for president. Uh, he also served as the first ever Supreme Commander of NATO. So he did the international stuff too. It's like an aggressive title. Supreme Commander? Yeah, I feel like he like would be in charge of like a depth the star. world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars. Yeah. We're gonna put you in charge of the world. Yeah. Um, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. Literally. Yeah, it reminds me of like in Austin Powers when like they just they just go to that like table of Tim Robbins and the rest of the world leaders sitting around. So we've done this a few times here. We'll try it again here. Dwight D. Eisenhower. What does D stand for? Any guesses? It's not Press. Delano? It's not Delano or Delanor. <laughs> I have no idea. I have enough of a clue. Artie D. Dwight D. Eisenhower. What does the D stand for? D. The letter D. Oh, we tried that with the... the he's going. He's doubling down on Truman. Yeah. We did that last time with Truman. I think it's Dwight. You think it's Dwight Dwight Eisenhower? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Chris, we got a guess here for D. Uh, Donald. Who okay. Knows? It is David, believe it or not. Oh, David. No. Although, Grant, you're going to get some points here, though. Okay. okay. Because... His mom originally had planned to name him David Dwight Eisenhower. Okay. His older brother's name is David Eisenhower. So he was going to he was going to have a brother named David and be named David. And it was there was going to be David Eisenhower and David Dwight Eisenhower, and she decided to be a little less confusing and yeah, make it Dwight stupid. David Eisenhower. <laughs> so yeah. That only works if you're George Foreman. <laughs> right. Does, does George, George Foreman has brothers named George? All, all his kids. kids named George. And his kids are George. all George. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. The 1957 World Series, it was, as I have my 2021 championship hat on here for the Braves, it was the Milwaukee Braves defeating yeah. the New York Yankees in seven games. And they are the Milwaukee Braves. They're now the Atlanta Braves, but back then playing in the city of Milwaukee. It was the first of four meetings between the two franchises in the World Series, and the only one that would go the Braves' way in 58, 96, and 99. They were all won by the Bombers. We're not talking about that today. Forget about that. First World Series since 1948 that a team from New York did not win. So from 48 to 56, a team from New York won the World Series New all those a, years. New York's a baseball town. Certainly yeah, back was then. back then. The Braves were powered by the legendary Hank Aaron, who carried a 393 average, 11 hits, including a triple and three home runs, seven RBIs throughout the seven-game World Series. He, he played had, in 57. Didn't he play in, like, 78? 
79. Uh, he went into the late 70s. That's why. Yeah. 57 he was playing? Jesus. Yeah, well, he's the all-time home runs leader and never had a 50 home run season. So oh, so you got to figure but, yeah, yeah, he played. Yeah, okay. A whole lot of 45s. The MVP was Lou Burdett, who threw three complete game victories in that World Series. Rays were managed by Fred Haney. Other Hall of Famers in that World Series included Eddie Matthews, Red Schoendice, and Warren Spahn for the Braves. Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford, Eno Slaughter, and Mickey Mantle for the Yankees. This was the Braves' first pennant since moving from Boston to Milwaukee in 53. The Milwaukee Braves would, would relocate again to Atlanta in 66, where they remain today. The number one song is one we've all heard. We all know this one well, I think. All Shook Up by the King, Elvis Presley. It's the number one song yeah. of 1957. Any quick thoughts on Elvis, guys? Any He's going to come up in like... Eight or nine episodes, right? After yeah, we've, episodes. <laughs> we've talked him before. We've talked about him before. We'll talk about him again, I'm sure. I like Elvis. Um, yeah, the, uh, my, the first CD I ever got was Elvis' Greatest Hits. Really? I think that was largely in part to Look Who's Talking. Because John Travolta was like obsessed with Elvis in that movie, and I was like... That's right, wow. I was like sex, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I have 12 Sirius XM preset stations, and Elvis Radio is one of them. Elvis Radio is solid. It is. Yeah, I like solid. some of the old deep tracks that plays. Yeah. He's good, man. <clears throat> Great. Chris, any Elvis thoughts? No. Not at all. You're not listening to Elvis on the radio. <laughs> I, I could care less about Elvis. Yes, so. <laughs> okay, well, we have another one in there. Elvis had several other top hits that year, including Teddy Bear, Too Much, mm-hmm. and a personal favorite of mine, Jailhouse Rock, which I would probably wager to say maybe his best song. I feel like Too Much is a skeevy song. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not too familiar much. with Too Much. Too, too Much. Might be a bit too much. For Chris, it certainly isn't. Uh, anything he does is too much. All of this. <laughs> <laughs> Other stars that topped the charts in 57 were Debbie Reynolds, Pat Boone, Chuck Berry, Marty Robbins, and the Everly Brothers, who sang Wake Up Little Susie. Wake okay. up. I love good, that song. Good too. Yeah. I do like movies that involve El- uh, Elvis. I love Bubba Hotep and I love True Romance, and both of those have oh, heavy right. Elvis Bubba songs. Hotep is great. Got yeah. Val Kilmer yeah. as Elvis yeah, in True Romance. That's right. Yeah. So Bridge on the River Kwai is the Best Picture winner of the year 1957. It was directed by Sir David Lean, produced by Sam Spiegel, Adapted screenplay by Carl Foreman and Michael Wilson, but originally credited to Pierre Boulet. Talk a little bit about that later. It's based on the Pierre Boulet French novel. Here we go. Le Pont de la Riviere Quai. Le Pont de la Riviere Quai. Not bad, right? That's pretty good. Yes. I, I have to give it to you. I practiced for quite a bit today. Translates bridge over the River Quai. Is how to... I, I find myself making that mistake often. All the you time. Say over, you I say, say yeah, over, and yeah. I'm like, ah, it's on. Well, it is the well, name of the original novel, right. so you get a little bit. Well, it's always like Bridge Over Troubled Waters, like this yep, the, true. The yes, song and all yeah. that. Like, I Googled it a couple times, and I'm like, that's not coming up. It's, it's not, <laughs> that's not what it's called. One of Peter Bouillet's other novels became a pretty big movie, too. Is that right? Planet what? of the Apes, he wrote. Did he write Planet he of the Apes? He wrote The Planet oh. of the Apes. Okay. okay. R.E.B. dropping some knowledge. The score was by Malcolm Arnold, cinematography by Jack Hilliard. Film editing by Peter Taylor. Art direction by Donald Ashton. Bridge on the River Kwai is starring Sir Alec Guinness, William Holden, Sesu Hay... Mm. <laughs> that face. Mm. <laughs> he fails halfway through and turns to the side. I love that. <laughs> Sesu Hayakawa. That's a little bit right. James Donald, Jeffrey Horn, and Sears, and pod favorite Jack Hawkins. That's right. It was nominated for eight Oscars, it was the winner of all but one. So those seven that it did win were Best Picture, Best Director David Lean, Best Lead Actor Alec Guinness, Best Writing Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography Jack Hilliard, Best Film Editing Peter Taylor, and Best Score Malcolm Arnold. 
It did not win Best Supporting Actor, Sesu Hayakawa. Got a little better that second time. On the AFI list, the most recent one, number 36. Very respectable. Okay. I actually yeah. thought it would be higher than that. I yeah, me too. I think it should be higher, but... IMDb, top 250. It did make it. Number 174. Very Far low. too low. Very low. I, mean, I can name about 11 Christopher Nolan movies that should be behind it that are ahead of it, but... Yeah, uh, well, I think we've, we've discussed this recently where... <laughs> I I be too, top two fifty is not a great indicator on like what a great what a good movie is. No, no, well, it, it's based on users, right? Or, or it's popularity. Uh, it's popular. Yeah. It's popular. Well, it's it's also based based on people that are young enough to use IMDb. Like uh, you know, an eighty year old guy probably isn't on IMDb, but giving his two cents, right? Right. The Dark Knight has a lot more votes than Bridge on the River. That's my point. Yeah, it's yeah, a more yeah, contemporary yeah. movie. The people that are exactly. using it are younger. Exactly. You know? Right. Yeah, it is an interesting. Compa- just when you're just comparatively talking, if you look at the AFI, which is voted by the American Film Institute, which is all directors and producers and sure. writers, yeah. and you mix it to just the people, when you look at the both, it's interesting to see which ones are ranked highly on both. Yeah. But when you see The Dark Knight ranked as the fourth best movie ever made, we Inter- can yeah, kind of take a step Interstellar's back. Interstellar's in like yeah. the top 25 or whatever. Or yeah. It's Inception. literally like Shawshank, Citizen Kane, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Inception. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah, but River Quiet... I don't know where do we want to start this one. I, I feel inclined to to have already start with things here. I don't know why, but so I have a bunch of different directions we can go to start. I kind of wanted to touch with the way the movie starts, the score with the imagery we are seeing, mm. very horror movie vibes. Yeah, you're yeah. seeing graves and then like slavery and hardship and people burying people, and the score is chilling. It's it's yeah. not it's it's. It's heavy. Yeah, chilling. Yeah. It's really chilling. A lot of weird strings. And I, I think really what's, effective. what's also notable, too, is kind of the areas where there's an absence of score, where we're just yes. hearing crickets and birds and, and, and nature. And we start this thing. He takes you, first shot we see is also going to end up being the last shot we see, which the, is the, the eagles eagle, soaring yeah. over, over the jungle. Then we see the treetops, the area, the kind of that, that helicopter shot panning above, above the jungle there. Then we get inside the treetops. Right. Okay, and then we get the ground, mm-hmm. and then we'll see the graves. Okay, yes. a couple graves. Then, then the we'll see tracks. the train tracks the train, yeah. along with the graves, and then the train comes through. So he really sure. brings you out from the furthest part, looking above, into the nitty-gritty, into what we're doing here. Connect, in the, in connecting the it all. Yeah. Telling yeah. a story with just the camera. Yeah, and we'll more or less move in reverse on the way out, too. Not, not quite as meticulous, but in, in the same... The same spirit of things. Yeah, they, they yeah they they jump a few a few steps, but you got the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gotta say, you know, I I'm almost ashamed to admit this, but and this is probably the eighth or ninth time I've seen this movie. I just never I never took notice of the eagle at the beginning and the end. I don't know why. I just oh, yeah. it just it was this time around. I'm like, oh wow, that's how he starts. And then as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know, he's got to end with the eagle too. And then <laughs> sure enough, he does. You yeah. Know? So it. Real, real, real quality filmmaking. It kind of contrasts. It kind of contrasts the eagle. Kind of contrasts the the lack of freedom that the men have, mm-hmm. and uh, eagle represents to me like ultimate freedom, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the other thing that I think that's key there too, and you'll see this throughout. While we get a ton of man versus man throughout this, oh for and, sure. And there's obviously tons of commentary on war. We see a ton of man versus nature too, mm-hmm. and I love that those over-the-head shots kind of more saying how small the conflict that we have with each other is to the yeah. vastness of nature and the how beauty. Po- how and, pointless war is. Yeah, and yeah. how big it, nature is and how nature is just so much stronger and more relevant than man is yeah. my, in the grand scheme. One of, of my things. major th- 
what I saw as a major theme in the movie is the futility of of war, yeah. right? like mm. the futility of what they're war. really doing. Like, yeah. it really doesn't amount to anything real realistically, you know. Yeah, what they're even what they're trying to accomplish through the film doesn't end up mattering. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. There's even a few lines at the beginning when we first meet Shears and yes. he's burying the graves, and he's he's like, "Oh well, he died for the better gra- the greater good of uh, well, what did he die for? Like, yeah. they, mm. it's all pointless. Well, Everything's so futile." Shears has that that mentality through the entire movie that like he realizes yeah. that they're, they're, with all the heroics and the honor and all that, it's like all bullshit. No, yeah, it's, it's just know. about surviving. Yeah, yeah. It's just about yeah. living your best life. Yeah, he's representing that through the entire movie. Yeah. yeah. Hi, it's Zeta Short here, and I just wanted to say happy second anniversary to Best Picture cast. I've been a long-time fan of the podcast, and you've probably heard a couple of my questions here and there, and I ended up appearing on the 2021 Oscars special, and the Gigi episode, which I'm very excited about, and I'm just so thankful to Kieran for organising everything, and I hope that the next couple of years of the podcast are as fantastic as the first two years have been. This, however many minutes you are into this episode, you know, you're probably sitting there saying to yourself, you know, well, here we go. We got four guys fawning over this movie for the next three hours. You know, it's just going to be a a butt kissing session. It will be. And sure, (laughs) sure. But one of my goals for this one, too, is is not to just talk about how how wonderful the Bridge of the River Kwai is. It's to it's to more or less explain from where I'm sitting and how I see things and how I view movies, what it is that makes this movie truly great, because I do believe this is one of the greatest movies ever made. I, I really can, can sign my name to that. And my goal over this next however many minutes to hours we're going to be doing this is to, is, to, is to hammer home why, from my perspective, that is the case. Okay. And I don't think it's an unpopular opinion, but no. I do think that there's people who see this movie and go, oh, that was a really nice movie, but you know, I may not ever watch it again, or may not ever revisit it. And, and those are the people I kind of, I kind of want to be, be, Focus, be reaching, yeah, yeah. Be reaching it, it throughout this one. And I want to start with one of the biggest things about this movie and one of the biggest things about David Lean movies in general. And there are two things that he is so wonderfully exceptional at. Number one is he is the master of setting. He's always yeah. the master of setting. He puts you where the movie is taking place. Mm-hmm. He never backs down from that. He never takes a second to let you forget where you are. And that's in this movie and that's in most of his movies. And the second is, is he is a characters director. He is oh, always, yeah. always driving home character. And mm-hmm. he wants you to get wrapped up within the characters that he's put in this world that he's creating. So with those two things, and then the third one when it comes through will be story, but the story works through those main two principal things. And what we have here in this movie with our four main characters, our four principal characters, are four stories. There are four unique stories being intertwined in this thing that all culminate finally in the bridge at the end. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about William Holden's Shears, who who you brought up already, Artie. Colonel Nicholson, right, played by Alec Guinness. We are talking about Saito, although he is a bit of the adversary there for a good portion of it. He, you could watch this movie through his perspective. Oh, for sure. And, and then finally, Warden, who's played by Jack Hawkins, who we get to about an hour into the movie. Right. But he has this whole story going, too, and 
all four of them are driving towards this ultimate point at the end, which ends in the madness that we get at the end. All of those characters are so properly developed, yeah. and because of that, the story itself thrives. Oh, for sure. When I when I talk when we talk about movies all the time, I kind of talk about humanity mm. and how important that is for storytelling. And this movie, all the characters are just so well fleshed out that everyone just seems so real. Everyone seems really believable. And if it, if that wasn't the case, then there wouldn't be so much tension at the end. Mm. Yeah, like there's so much tension at the end of it, all because you're kind of waiting to see what happens to these characters. I already described it at the beginning as as epic, and and I've, I think it does fall into that. But it, it is kind of a trick because if you really look at frame by frame this movie, the majority of it takes place in rooms with maybe two or three or four people. Well, that's interesting. Characters. It, it re- there's epic, certainly epic scenes and epic moments, but the majority of it is is dialogue driven. Like it's between oh, yeah. characters. Yeah. And yeah. and you know I love that's that my kind of movie I I action movies are not for me. This one is a perfect mix of both. It has mm. everything. One know? of my favorite scenes that mixes dialogue and character driven storytelling, just sitting in a room, yeah. is when they finally realize that they know better how to build the bridge, and they have to sit with Saito, and he's like, "Well, this is Artie, very unpleasant." You just talked about my scene. That's my scene of the movie. And he, but also when they call for tea. Now that background of the scene, distance, multiple ancillary oh, characters running, are all yeah, inter- yeah, all interacting. So it, it it yes, it all takes place in the room, but there's this epic grandeur, this bigger grandeur than the yeah. room that he reminds you is is there. Yeah, it's that scope. He yeah. knows how to use scope. And yeah. one more example of that exact thing you're talking about is when Shears, Cliff, Clifton, and Nicholson first meet in that small room. When Nicholson leaves. Shears and Clifton keep talking, but you see Alec Guinness walking away right. for like 30 more seconds while they interact. It adds to a level of realism to and, it. And, yeah. the, and the grandiose scale of the, the, right. the world, the setting. Things, like things are say. happening outside of what you're hearing and, uh, yeah. in that moment. Constantly. Yeah, that, that deep focus. You yeah. know, here we go. I guess another focus, one of baby. our examples with the deep focus. And another example, too, is when you have Nicholson and his men all lined up after the guys have all been marched off to the bridge. And you have Shears talking to uh, in the hut to, to the medic, and the, and in the background you just see one of Nicholson's guys fall, just Put, fall, just yeah. pop over, so good. and you can see it how it's just in focus there too, where yeah. you can see things going on, big things going on in the background while the dialogue's yeah. going in the For foreground. Sure. Yeah, great. And all all the soldiers come back, and the the officers have been standing there the entire work day. That that's a, I love the way he showed that, like they come back and he's still standing. They're all still standing there. Yeah. Shows you the extent of how long they were in the heat. Yeah, and, and when you have to develop four, you know, I mean, less, we'll use the word supporting in certain areas, but four main characters, because there yeah. kind of are, you know, screen time is one thing, but there are four principal characters in this thing. Yeah. That could be a very tasking thing to go through. And there's moments where, and, and, and two characters in specific, one being Saito and another being Hawkins, uh, who plays uh, Warden. Yeah. One line tells you so much about either guy. We'll get to, I'll get to that one a little later on, but okay. each of them has literally just one line, gives you loads and loads of backstory that you can play around with and add to his personality, add to his yeah. character, and add to his history. That's what a masterful scriptwriter does. And David Lean, while he's not always demanding to be credited for a script, he has worked on every single script for every movie he's ever done. And so when he talks about it, he'll say, oh, when you're working with the script. So he's, right. even though it's not credited to David Lean, he looked through that thing. And oh, know, sure. 
Yeah. Talked in the very beginning about like ex- expanding him, expanding things and making them bigger. The book itself, Bridge Over the River Kwai, it's the Nicholson story and the Saito story, and that's it. That's that's the book. Oh wow. The Holden stuff, the Sheer stuff, that was all added in because they wanted an American star if they were going to fund this movie. Right. And so Lean created that character and wrote him into the story and wrote him into the script, and in essentially creates this and then he could develop on the Hawkins character and now he's got something that's not just a cool story with a cool movie it's this grandiose character study that really can make you think and really with, decades later can put you really in really deep place. themes yeah yeah, yeah. and um, some of the journeys these guys like Shears' physical journey that he goes on is, is insane for you can tell they all have like developed backstories mm-hmm. um, Shears I love I love everything about Shears' whole arc yeah, but there's not a Me ton too. of exposition or a ton of backstory. They do it with succinct dialogue. Yeah, yeah, right. Little lines here, yep. little they reactions. Don't, they don't over-explain anything. Sometimes it's even like, I'm like, wait, what, what's exactly happened? Oh, and then they, they do find a way to explain it yeah. without going over it to death. They let but you they, figure it yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, yeah. they, kind of they kind of lead you to fill in the blanks, but it's in a way where you're not making massive leaps. Where you can make like reasonable assumptions. Right. Precisely. Yeah. Now, this the, the first hour of this movie is kind of almost a movie within itself. It's everything up to where we meet Shears again after he's, you know, he's escaped and, and he's kind of going up. Yeah, so it's, it's just that, that whole... Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems lovely. Yeah. Nice, nice paradise over there. When you get a call from a longtime friend saying, hey, do you want to drive out to Long Island, sit in 30-degree weather and talk for hours about a movie starring a recently canceled individual. You don't walk, you run, and you do that show. Happy anniversary to the Best Picture cast. This is the Bobcat. You know me from the Chicago episode and from Annie Hall, and I can't wait to contribute to more episodes in the future. A big thank you to Kieran for conceiving this whole thing and Grant for his contributions to the show. It's been a great time on all the episodes I've done and just being involved in the project. And, of course, the biggest thank you to all the fans out there who listen and support the show, who get entertainment from this gang of hooligans getting together to drink beers and talk movies. Because what's more fun than that? So, anyway, enjoy the anniversary. Here's to another great two years. And I'll see you all real soon. I'll just, I don't want to get too deep into the history because that's actually one thing that Lean is really good at, too, is he doesn't bog you down with history. We'll see that again when we do Lawrence of Arabia. You could easily bore people with all the, the history of the war and so But it is a little tough to get a grasp of what's going on, what war we're fighting, and what the struggles are. Um, this easily could have been a three-and-a-half-hour an three movie. And when I, and in my head, before watching it, I'm like, oh, it's a long movie. It's only two-and-a-half hours. It, For true. what it covers, it's not, that's not that long. Right, right. And Chris, I'm happy you said that, too, because every time I watch this movie, I think it's longer than yeah, it is. That's what I did. You yeah. said that too because yeah. I spoke to you right after you watched it this time around and and as I was having that conversation with you, in my head it was three plus hours. And, you're, and you were saying, dude, it's really not that long. Yeah, it's like 239 It's 240, yeah, yeah. 241, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And so, I, I absolutely despise long movies. <laughs> but this one, and it's also, I despise long, old movies the right. most. And right. this one doesn't feel old and isn't that long, you know, it's, for, what it, for it, what it covers, you know. And it moves. Like, it, it moves, it's, yeah. It's really well That's paid. what I mean There's, by they don't over-explain, they don't show you too much, they don't, it could, like I said, another director, it's a three and a half hour movie, no hmm. question about it. This, this very much feels like a movie that's kind of broken up into like 
five half hour episodes. It feels like chapters in a book. Yeah, yeah. it's very easily segmented. So it so it kind of carries through, and every chapter ends with a cliffhanger. Yeah, so you kind of want to see yeah, what like a Breaking next. Bad episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we we mentioned Platoon earlier, and that was our our last anniversary episode. And I want to amend a statement I made during our thirty rankings no. rumble, just to, to call back this. I said in that that Platoon was the greatest war movie ever. I misappropriated that statement. Platoon is the greatest American war movie ever. That's that's what what I was. The, that was the intention behind that statement. Because I don't look at this as a war movie. It is a war movie. It clearly is a war movie. Yeah. But in my head, I'm just like, I, would, I wasn't even counting this. I, I, don't count, I don't even count Lawrence Arabia's war movie, even though that is it's, a war title. Yeah. It's a character study. This actually, I believe, is the greatest war movie ever made. Um, and every war. I agree. And, yeah. Yeah. and did you, have you thought about like that movie like Deer Hunter, another... Best picture one. Yeah, and, and that's one we'll cover in like I'm a platoon over Deer Hunter guy. What about, like Saving Private Ryan to me is the number one American. Yeah, I, have, I, I like that. Which already I'd have to. I, yeah, I, agree, I agree with that over yeah. platoon. That that point becomes a matter of preference. I, I think that the fact that it didn't that didn't win Best Picture is egregious. Like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. one of the all time. Yeah, stuff. so it's just there with, like Star Wars. Yeah, just to cover this, we don't have our. our our in-house historian Joey R here with us, so we, they'll probably be the history won't quite get its uh, get its justice here today. But I do want to just run over it real fast so we have an idea of what the struggle is. If you're kind of do haven't have, seen the movie in a while, do you have like the Nicholson family tree that Joey would have? <laughs> just I, pages I and pages. Of I don't words. have a, a, a a mental breakdown of you give you like the PowerPoint every of Joyce and every single guy that we have in here. But, um, so so basically, what's going on is Bangkok is a major. Japanese stronghold there. Yeah. And they invade a British colony at what they call in the movie uh, Rangoon, right, which is now known as, as Yangon. So what they have to do is they have to get supplies there. All right. Now, the two are about 90 minute. It's about a 90 minute flight today. It is about a 14 hour drive. So it's essentially the distance between New York and Chicago. That would be about the distance that this okay. railway is going to run. It was known as the Death Railway or the Burma Railway. If they were going to get there by sea, it'd be about 2,000 miles by sea. Oh, wow. Okay. And very exposed to Allied yeah. submarines. So, you know, it didn't make that sense. Yes, yeah, so they had to go through this jungle and go over these rivers to get there. So they took all the took all the prisoners of war, put them to work. And that's essentially what is going on here. Sure. And it's during World War II. Um, the, 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 this group of, of British soldiers were, were told to surrender too, right? They, they, they were... Nicholson's men were ordered to surrender. They were yes. ordered to surrender they were ordered by to surrender. Yes, the and British. In accordance with the Geneva Convention, which they pulled, <laughs> pulled out a pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> like you I have a, the Geneva Convention. Like, hold on, I have a copy of it right here. We're going to go through it. It looks like a it looks like a menu for like a takeout menu. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, that are you coming from Applebee's? What is this? Yeah, I think that's come out of a couple of our BPC drafts that we've had so far. There's been a couple of Geneva Convention pamphlets that yeah. have come out. Oh, that's been violated several times in the ring. This struggle between. Saito and Nicholson, which is all time, obviously. It's one of the most fascinating parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It really absolutely. It is just that game of tug of war that neither is who's gonna, planning who's on going to break answer. first. Yeah. There's an interesting dynamic between not just these two, but with also Shears looking on. And we'll, we'll get to Warden and Hawkins later. But one thing that I, I think is, is so great to highlight with this movie is every single time the four major characters either interact or discuss one of the other four major characters, they're all calling them either mad, crazy, or insane. Yeah. Every single time. Mad. He must be mad. I think he's mad. 
Ice. He's, he's quite mad. It's insane to escape. Why would you escape? Yeah. escape. And, and you hear it from every single one. When Even to the end when you get warm with the he, he must have lost his mind. What has yeah. he, he gone mad? You're mad like he is. Yeah. And, and our last line of the movie is madness. So madness. It, we, we find all four of these guys yeah. consumed by war, taken over by war. All their personalities have been invaded by war. And what what I have here, and we'll go into this as we go, is is that we have, with Saito, war is about status. It's about decoration. It's about, I'm going to get this job. It's how I'm looked at. He only cares about is how he's looked at. He wants to make sure his authority is held in high regard. The second, nobody respects him anymore as men. Or, or yes. Notice that Nicholson knows more. That's when he's crying in the corner by himself. He's, that's, well, it's, all, it's also about honor. Yeah, it's cultural. It's about yeah, honor. It's honor through status, though. Honor through status. It's not about it's not about principle, like we'll see later. No, he's with, ashamed he yeah. failed at his task. Yeah, and it, you'll see at the end when he's lost all that other stuff. All he cares about is can the bridge get up on time? Can the bridge get up on time? Because he doesn't want his other generals to look at this and look like he failed. Because that's the last thing that he can to kind of. Save I mean, face. the punishment for failing is is hit an honor. Uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, Harry Carey. A uh, honor honor suicide. Yes. Yeah. I mean that's. That's pretty intense, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you die with, like, that's like, the least honor you can die with. Like, you know, you have to kill yourself because you failed so badly, you right. know? I mean, that's pretty in, uh, intense. You're not even burdening another person with murdering you. You're just <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I mentioned before developing a character in one line, and I have it here with, with Saito, and this is in the scene where Saito and Nicholson are, he's kind of basically trying to bribe him over over a meal, he's prepared he's, he's, he's a English London he's boil. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the scotch, yeah, the, uh, the cigar. No, the, the no corn, cigars. Corn beef. Yeah, right. The corn beef. Yes, the English corn beef. Saito is kind of. He's just talking about himself. Nicholson's not listening. He's not interested in in, in chatter, friend. But uh, he goes. You know, I studied in London. Mm. I studied art in London, and my father didn't approve. He wanted me to join the war, so I switched from art to engineering. Right. So just one little line like that that the other character's not even listening to. He's not not looking at him. He's staring off into space. We see the guy's got daddy issues. He This isn't what he initially wanted. He wanted to go into art. He had to switch to engineering. Seeking, so, seeking of approval. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, the bridge, the engineering degree was more force. That's why he can't really figure out the bridge. And he's just seeking approval, Grant, yeah. like you said. And that's what this whole thing is in. He wants to be looked at in this high regard. Whereas Nicholson, it's a principle of the matter. Honor, and, duty, uh, yeah, those are his and, main and, um, names. The, the name of the medic is... Uh, Clifton. 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 Yeah. In one of my favorite moments of the movie, when Saito sends Clifton into, into the, the oven, oven to, yeah. to talk to him, he, he's just, just given. Just, just given already. Like, he goes, it's a matter of principle. So Yeah, for and what? He goes, yeah, he goes... No one even knows we're here. No one will hear about this. No one will know about this. Yeah. For thousands and thousands of miles, this, the only one who will know about it is me, you, and Saito. Why does it matter? And he goes, I am adamant. Yeah. <laughs> it is about principle. He doesn't care what people see, what people talk about, what people think. It's the matter of principle. It's the letter of the law. War is a way of life for him. That is, that's how he well, lives I mean, his he's life. He's been there for nearly 30 years. Yeah. That's, that's his identity. His entire identity yeah. is the military. Yeah, so the, the contrast between those two is so great. And watching the, 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 the power shift from Saito slowly over yeah. to... Watching him to, win out. I have already given the order. Yeah. I have already given the order. Yeah. And he's just, he's, he's done cool. and broken. The out. reason that scene, that the meeting, when they, you know, the, the power is literally shifting and there's, they, like, this is all the things you're doing wrong, that you, the yeah. Japanese... Uh, men have been doing wrong, and this is how we're going to fix it. You can see Saito like literally withering 
as that meeting oh, goes he's on. Shrinking. Yeah. He's shrinking. Mm. He's getting he's just beat up and defeated. And, and that's when he starts to say, you know, I've I already gave the order. Like like just like yeah. I'm yeah. he's giving in. The, the the part at the end where they're they're wrapping up and he's like, Well, we would have had this done a while ago, but for reasons beside for that reasons out of my, my control, that, yeah, they were my know, fault. He yeah, says, yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's just such like a fuck you. <laughs> reasons <laughs> for which I am not to blame. That's, yeah, what he, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what he says. So, such yeah. a, it's the most polite fuck you I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Amazing too. Yeah. And and you have uh, when the other thing is when Saito sends, and this is just this line gets me every single time. I I, I chuckle every time I see this movie. This, but Saito sends Clipton. To the thing, and before he sends him, he goes, he goes. This man is mad. He's mad. He doesn't get it. Like, what? Just, just stop. He's gonna. He's causing all this pain. He's causing all this suffering. It's on him. Your commander is mad. He goes in and and he brings the uh, Clifton brings the the coconut. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the food. And the first thing that that Nicholson says, and this is I like this feeling. He goes. That man is the worst commanding officer I've come across. <laughs> Actually, I think he's mad. I just yeah. it just gets me every time. But again, with the guys just calling each other mad, calling them crazy, they don't they can't sync up within because, this whole big big scope. Yeah, because war is madness. It really yeah. like it's just the is the absence of clear thought. Well, I mean, then we see this later on how and how warped Nicholson gets. He he becomes so obsessed with the bridge, he doesn't mm-hmm. realize that he's really helping the Japanese army yeah. in a huge way. Everything kind of gets clouded and you kind of put priorities into the wrong thing. At that point, he's more involved in the English, like how the English soldiers are going to be viewed. We're, we're yeah. going to build this amazing bridge. It's going to last for 600 years, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's going to, you know, they even put the plaque with their name, you know, that yeah, we yeah. built it. He thinks this is going to be this amazing thing. He doesn't realize he's literally pretty much... He's committing helped. treason. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. more or less what he's yeah. doing. And it's, it's, it's because of it, and then you find out later on, it's kind of his, he's near nearing the end of his career, end of his life, and he's obsessed now with legacy. Yeah, mm. what's, like, what's, he, what's he's leaving is, behind? This yeah. is what he's going to be remembered for. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, dude, you're also like, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to kill more allies because of this. Yeah, and we see him descend into madness, too, as this goes, because he's yeah. not, he, and another, again, just great writing, great filmmaking, is... There's a gradual turn to him, sure. but even early on, there's little signs that this guy's not quite right, and that's and, and one of the moments when they're they're kind of all meeting on that first night in the hut, and Shears they bring up the escape plan. Yeah, there will be no escape. He explains to Shears that they were ordered to surrender, and if they escape, they will be disobeying that order, and that can be seen as insubordination. And the look on Shears' face is like, oh, oh what? What <laughs> you're saying uh, that what? you're like like no we're we're to go we're to prison if we we're gonna try to escape that's yeah, how we're gonna get out of here yeah. that scene has a hilarious phrase that he uses get us he's like well we're in a curious legal pointer <laughs> and then he explains the right. situation but like what is a curious legal pointer. I spoke to this Saito. He seems quite the reasonable man. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and uh, and fun fact, no, dude. While while most of this movie is not historically uh, it's all basically all fiction there are a couple of characters that aren't Saito being one of them and apparently he's quite reasonable he was quite reasonable at, mm. in real life yeah as far as the Japanese uh, I don't, uh, I don't think Saito's portrayed that poorly in this I, I, there are moments in the beginning where they, they establish him as the shit he's portrayed more insecu- as an insecure yeah. character than yeah. anything so yeah. he was actually in, re- in real life to your point he was legendarily renowned for working with yeah. the prisoners and keeping motivation up to the point where Nicholson's character 
testified on his behalf at like the Geneva War Convention and spared him the gallows. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. It oh, might be it might be yeah. worth noting that that like yeah, in so real he life sur- he was so he survives this conflict in, yes. in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. You know, but they show they do that does come out a bit in his character. He brings the Red Cross stuff and he's trying to bribe them. He's he's trying to curry favor with the prisoners. It he's seems, trying to do little. It seems tries. a bit more like a manipulation though in the movie. Yeah, it, and it's it's he, got he, a, a shade of incompetence too. Yes. He, he tries different things to motivate. Mm. That's one of the that's one of the not funny but it's kind of ironic the scene where he. It's like, Today's a day of rest. You know, he, he gives... I don't even know what he gives those... Be happy in your work. Yeah, well, I don't even I, know... I don't know what the hell they're and, opening. And that truck that opens they're, uh, up. They're opening Red Cross packages, so it's like... Uh, it's, oh, like it's rations and yeah, stuff? Yeah, it's rations, okay. yeah. Oh. All right, so... The cotton balls and... Yeah. and <laughs> oh, it's a jack-in-the-box. It's a bunch of <laughs> box of tongue suppressors. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. uh, I got gone. I got gone. Oh, uh, I got the cotton balls. But then, then the next day, like, the bridge falls apart. And it just like zooms in on me. He's like, "Well, that didn't fucking work." Yeah, and yeah. I, like, what am I gonna do now? And it's funny too because how many times Shears has heard this speech before, where he's like mouthing yep. along, like in the hut, and he's like <laughs> mouthing along the entire the the whole spiel. It's just very funny. Now, one of the things that got me during that that section of the movie that I just I reacted to, like, "Whoa!" And I want to see if you guys had this reaction too. When he says, "All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy," do you not be like? Oh, too, I immediately. Pulled I was the movie like, "Wait, is that Googling things. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Wait, is that what this is from?" Like, yeah. that's yeah. what I thought. And then yeah. it's from it's yeah. from some old. No, I, I didn't. Well, it's just it's an old the it's, the it's an old proverb. It's an old proverb. From like the 1500s. Right. I had yeah. no idea. Origin. I literally thought that was The Shining. Like, yeah. Was, so, when, I, when I first started, I was no like, idea. "Oh, I guess this is older than I thought." Like that's that, that and I didn't get like yeah. shocked by it. I actually thought that The Shining was like paying an homage to the movie, which may be what it was. Yeah, which but is, I guess it's not. And, and now the proverb. first time I saw this too was before I read the book. So I'm uh, the book being The Shining. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I guess that's Stephen King paying homage to David Lean. Right. But the all all work no play, make Jack of Doughboy is not in even in the book. That's a Kubrick thing. So oh, wow. that must be then Kubrick paying homage to it's this. David Lean. But what's kind of just an interesting coincidence too is what is Alec Guinness's character's name? Nicholson. Nicholson. Jack That's Nicholson. Right. Oh, <laughs> funny wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Did you notice in this movie no one has a first name? Mm, That's true. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have. It's Colonel or Major or whatever. Yeah, it is. then we have the ranks. Saito. Yeah. Uh, Nicholson. Shears is just Shears because he has no title. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're ward, a warden. Uh, yeah, uh, and their warden. ranks, their ranks are, are significant too, because that is a part of their identity too. And I oh, love sure. how you have Saito and Nicholson as the same rank. Mm-hmm. They're the same ranks. So that's part of the, the struggle there too. Yeah, Major Clifton. Major too. Clifton. Yeah, Major Clifton, right? And it ends up being Major Shears. I think is it like Colonel Shears, and then becomes Major Shears. Commander after. Shears. He gets Com- he, Commander he, Shears. Yeah, but they give him the honorary title. Of, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like honorary yeah. title. It's like, well, it's like it's like Oprah <laughs> getting a doctorate. <laughs> That's the interesting thing too, is because he Shears the, the William Holden character is more or less kind of the voice of reason throughout this thing. Yeah, but he's not portrayed in the best light either. I mean, he's a, he's. No. Bribing, he's bribing the guards to do whatever he can to survive. He's a realist, but he's stuck in this war but he's, where they rule. He's rules. taking a, a uniform off a dead, bo- dead yeah, body so, and putting it on. So he can treat it a little I better, mean, like I mean, yeah, but it's right not honorable. Him. That's but that's kind of what 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 some of the commentators are making is you're playing within the ring. He's this is war. There are no rules in war. You know, it's this isn't a game of cricket. Don't speak to me rules. Isn't a grand cricket great line? Yeah, yeah. When he goes, yeah, when he gets mad at Warden for saying leave him, yeah. He's like, he's like, I don't care about your stupid rules. We're in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and your, love... your honor isn't impressing me. Like, like, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what, what does this mean if we can't live like like human beings? Yeah, yeah. Mm. By the way, I'll, Kieran, if we're ever in war, I'm taking. If you're if you're gone, you take my I'm uniform. Definitely taking your uniform if you are rank me. <laughs> oh, I have <laughs> war strategies thought out in my head oh, yeah. for, for days. Well, I'm laying <laughs> under dead bodies for until I'm starving, I, and then I'll get up. But I mean, you know. honestly, Artie, I'm skinning you and wearing you as a hat if I have to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever I have to. Yeah, well, literally, crawl, take... crawl inside Artie like in the red. Hi, hello, and holy shit. I'm Melissa. And I'm Adam. And we're the Freezers from Below Freezing. And uh, we just want to take a second to to wish Best Picture Cast a, a happy second anniversary. Um, uh, you might have heard my wife and I here on some of the uh, the Sub 50 and Halloween draft recap episodes. Um, I also was on the Ben-Hur episode, and uh, we both of us will be on an upcoming episode of The English Patient. Um, so really, we're just here to say congrats on two years and, and a lot of great episodes on a lot of great and not so great movies. Um, uh, best of luck. Keep going. Keep at it. Keep inviting us on. And, uh, and maybe we'll come back out to Long Island at some point. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but Cheers to another great year. Congrats. I want to point out the guy whose job it is to sit there and crisscross applesauce and just pull the rope over and over. Oh, my God. He's, well, he, may, he may come back in the awards section. He's got some upper <laughs> upper core strength, let me tell you. That's a that's a lot That's a lot of his, repetitive his, workouts. Here. His traps are, like, on fire. He's praying yeah. for a leg day is what he's, yeah. he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a tough, that's a tough kick. That's a tough that's kick. That's a tough kick. They don't look like they feed him enough to do that. How about the oven? How would you guys do in the oven? Oh, the, the, the hot box. I guess yeah. I think they call it a hot box. Well, they call it the oven in the, in the movie, in but the I mean, I think yeah. in general it's like yeah. a hot box, right? Uh, no, I would do terrible. I hate oh, I, Why the fuck does he leave his uniform on? I'd be ass naked. No, because it's part of this part of the, <laughs> part of the honor. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. right. Oh right. Because right. then right. once once he says I'm gonna once Saito says part of the amnesty is the officers won't work. He buttons his shirt. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And and then so, and his soldiers know he's like oh he he won like they, yeah. they, just by just oh they that. go nuts yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, you, oh you know William Holden would be shirtless in the, in that box though he's the, he's shirtless for most of the oh, movies yeah. oh, there'd trying. be a woman in there with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right now did, I think the officers got it worse though being crammed in the box with seven other dudes they did at first yeah, yeah. at least at a window uh, you know, but, but, a metal box in the jungle dude that's pretty miserable I mean like out in the open but you sun. want to have just seven other guys in there with you too yeah but I don't think it's all at least they can have conversations. Yeah, like closed yeah. in and tight and it's hot. A, it like depends, yeah. They could play like the alphabet game together or something. He's just got to sit there in the but heat. It is funny because Nicholson becomes so obsessed with the bridge that even the officers are working now. And the, and the sick. He completely, yeah, he, he completely yeah. goes back on he inverts the, one, the, whole thing. the one principle that he had. In that, in that oven, dude. I would. I'd be making pizza. I'd be, no, I'd be dead in yeah. minutes. I'm like, hot down here, and like, and this is yeah, like a nice. Like, this is now. like a comfortable basement. I'm like sweating. I can only imagine what's like being in. He's these if guys. Are... got in there. Forget it. <laughs> You're thrashing in the box like it's like. Oh, spider oh, got in there. And then when mosquitoes get in there too, forget it. <laughs> this guy, this you know, these guys are trained to endure torture though. So right, like, right. So under under negotiations. <laughs> that's, that's fair. They're a little bit more tougher mentally than I am. I yeah. will say he doesn't even seem like he's susceptible to torture. Alec and his yeah, they did they did beat him and all sorts yeah. of things, and he seemed well, I mean, fine. Yeah. I can't I can't go five minutes without my iPhone. You know, I got more boredom sets in. Like, yeah. <laughs> his walk when he comes out 
Yeah. Didn't, didn't it seem like he really sat there for hours and then, like, got yeah. up and had real numb legs? He did not. He made the walk up on the fly as he did the scene. It was based oh. on his son, right? Uh, his, so his, or his nephew. Or he, some, okay. He said when he went back and watched it, he realized it was actually based on Somebody his had, son. Oh, he, he, did, had a polio. he didn't do it on purpose. He did it subconsciously? He just kind of on the spot made up the walk. That's and correct. when he went back and watched it, he realized he mirrored it off of his son's Staggered limp that he has after he from recovered polio. from polio. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize he did that subconsciously. That's he did, amazing. Yes, it was not deliberate. I didn't realize so there was that, that much effort went into like limping. See, I, <laughs> you know, I, I like, thought it looked so yeah. deliberate. I looked it up because I thought I was like, did he sit there for like five hours and get up? Because it looks so real. Right. Yeah. Has a massive That's a nice force. touch. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the sun. Listen. He always reacts to the sun. Like he he's, he always shies away. I mean, you definitely, you would definitely do that. I mean, totally, but it's, no, yeah. it's really especially, good directing to have yeah. him always yeah. do it, never miss yeah. a little. Anybody who's left a, a Vegas uh, casino oh, at yeah. seven in the morning will know that <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how you react to the sun. Yeah, react like vampires. <laughs> and, and you know, they're they're filming this in the Sri Lankan jungle, mm-hmm. so this is they're out there, and supposedly the crew was it wasn't that hot. It wasn't about the temperature. But the humidity was yeah. beyond crippling. It's yeah, the yeah, they they were all sticky and wet the whole day, and mm-hmm. it was they, they were thinking more about humidity than they were, and that's like a, jung- a jungle would be. Sure. Um, now that the filming the scene that we've brought up a couple times here, where where Nicholson's in the oven, and you have Clifton coming over yeah. to him, and and Lean is is one of those directors who's he's known as to be very very tough, and he's when he sees like a weak link. He kind of can't let it go, and he's like, he's he's on them, he's on them. So like that, he's he doesn't bug his main guys. His main guys are doing their job. He lets them go. But when there's a there's something that doesn't seem right that he can't quite get his head around, he's on him. Like so, Saito was one of the guys he was very tough on, and uh, the actor who played Clifton during this scene specifically was having a hard time conveying what Lean wanted in that scene. James Donald. James yeah. Donald, yeah. okay, he's the actor, yeah. And and James Donald was kneeling in the thing, and he's doing the, doing the scene where he has to kind of try to bargain yeah. with Nicholson to get him out of there. Because in his perspective, he wants Nicholson out of there, so all the workers come out, and so he doesn't have to potentially deal with eight dead bodies, plus right. whatever Saito's going to do radically on the other end. And he just wasn't... He wasn't getting that that right. Wasn't clicking. It wasn't clicking. And they they did the scene over and over again, and he's kneeling down in the heat, and there's all this gravel that's been baking in the sun, and every time he he kneels down and and does it, he just he goes over to lean. He's, he's just like I, I can't. It, it, this, these are killing my knees. Can we get a pad? Can we get something here for me to do this? Is I can't concentrate with they're burning the, the skin off my knees here doing this, and he goes, we're leaving the gravel there. If if you're gonna try to beg me to change the scene, why don't you beg Colonel Nicholson to get out of the cage? Yeah. And then you'll understand what I'm looking for out of your actor. And that's how he drew wow. that out of him. That's great. Um, yeah, and again, probably a little bit abusive to the actors there. But <laughs> <laughs> not great in that sense. But I, I happen to like directors that just have the vision and are unrelenting with it. I love the I love the Eastwood Ford style where they're a little more laid back with the takes. But there's part of me that loves the, the Kubrick um, Hitchcock, where no, no, we're doing this over Wilder. We're doing this over till we get it thing too. It's you know, it's all to be about the viewer. You got to be careful with Hitchcock. Uh, he, he did, he did a lot of. He was doing some pretty rough the things. Stuff yeah. with the women yeah. isn't great. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not. Yeah, good. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily put throw my. I my, mean, Kubrick too with the, yeah. just, the, the Shining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we can we talk about the one of my favorite transitions in any movie, where Clifton after he talks to 
uh, Nicholson. He goes down and he's talking to the other the other guard. He's like, well, maybe he's mad, maybe he's mad. Mm. Maybe it's the sun. And he looks up, cuts to the sun, and then Shears walks into frame. Probably the best cut of the movie. Yeah, and, I and think so. That's it's, one, it's, one, it's one of my it's favorite editing. transitions of any movie ever. Amazing. Outstanding. Yeah. Wait till you see Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> sure. That'll be updated. But um, I have the line here, too, just in what Grant's talking about. I know exactly the part here he's talking about, too, transition-wise, and Lawrence of Arabia. That yeah. Are they both mad, or am I going mad, or is it the sun? Boom. Yeah. Looks up. Sun, and then we cut to Shears. Yeah. I think a good time to, to talk about the Shears escape into the into the hospital. This is kind of as the movie itself transitions. That's that's almost like a a, a movie within itself. That was, that the, first end, that was hour. the end of the episode. Yeah. Now it's yes. another episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're into this escape here. He's the the one in the one hundred escape that they say he gets out of. But I I can't I can't let it go by with the use of that dummy. Wait, uh, oh, jump yeah. the cliff. we got a whole Some... zone for this. It's called the nip pick. Yeah, yeah. I, there were I some... just wrote a note about that. <laughs> you brought it up. There were some Mac and Me vibes there. To, to, to <laughs> that, it was his worst picture cast. Let's make this super careful, thoughtful movie. And then this one scene. Ah! Yeah, let's just throw a dummy over the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you're not familiar with best picture yeah. cast, we do have a nitpick section at the end of this. Thing. We're going to go through those. It's just probably a not as basically. Yeah. David Lean took that day off and left that one scene up to the rest of the cast to figure out. Right. Yeah, that was the AD. He showed just, up. He's yeah. like, "What did you? What is this?" So I'm sure that'll come up uh, again with yeah, some other things too. Even even the greatest movies of all time have their fair share of nitpicks. Oh sure, that's no, just no how movie's goes. perfect. To your point of him being difficult to work with, Alec Guinness had to fight to get a little bit of humor in Nicholson's character. Is that right? Because there's because there are laughs. Oh, and it's, yeah. It's, yeah. There, even when he's walking on the bridge, he like taps it for sturdiness. Like yeah. that's a little well, joke. The the, the 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 kill yourself line too is. Oh just, yeah, I, I would I would have to kill myself. That whole scene. What, what would you do if you were me? He's like, well, I suppose I. And, and then he picks up the cheers. drink and says, yep, Cheers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he had to fight for that. David Lean wanted it really straight. And mm. Guinness, this is the third movie they did together. So there was a level of comfort, but they're still going back and forth. And yeah. Guinness, Guinness won that one out, right? It, it worked out great. The, the, the last work. Absolutely. You need it. You need it. You, you need, need it, it in a movie like you this. Can't have, you can't have a two and three quarter hour like war drama without any humor in it. You need levity. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. else it's just going to be hard to watch. Yeah, or you got to shave an hour off. <laughs> exactly. So Holden's uh, Holden's exodus here. Before he gets to the hospital, he's in this little like village here too, where he's treated very very well. There's the yeah. kite. What did you think? What did you think of that kite scene? It's kind of one of the odder moments of the movie. I, I, hallucinating. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think it was just hysteria. He drank that water. Yeah, that wasn't a, a I, I literally was watching the movie be like, don't do that! Like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I've seen episodes yeah, of Survivor I mean, before, you can't do that. It's <laughs> also in the Navy, he knows not to drink. Yeah. When you're dehydrated, water. you make, you you, you're delusional. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. Oh, but yeah. no, it looks, but it does look like he, like, thought about it. it it's the like, same, he's just like, nah. it's the same reason that people that are stuck on, like, Mount Everest, they, they end up, like, with hypothermia, you end up ripping all your clothes off and well, like that's jumping off a cliff because you're not in your right mind. Well, yeah. in, in hypothermia, one of the one of the settings is overheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That, that's yeah. that's one of the symptoms of it. Right. Or after 24 hours of withdrawal, like in Lost Weekend, right, Chris, you immediately start hallucinating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Your favorite. Talk, talk, talk about the nitpicks of <laughs> that movie. You know, great, great movie, but Jesus. If they, you miss Tuesday, Wednesday, you have withdrawals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Jesus. That little village, I guess, he's where they, they yeah. don him with flowers. and They immediately go from there to him out on the, I'm not going to say open water because it's a river, but he's 
in the sun. He's you know, out. It seems like a tropical vacation destination. Like. Yeah, but it shows the moments where he's like literally getting beat down by by nature and and by, by yeah, the sun I mean, and the, and all the conditions and the extremities. But it goes. It's great how it shifts right from being donned in all the flowers in this wonderful village where you look like you could live and stay forever. I mean, yeah. like, why would I want to go back to this war or anything? I'll just stay here. Fahiti. Yeah, it's, it's Tahiti. Right? Right. Yeah. And then he's shipped off and he's instantly he's under the sun. And, and, and I just have written down here where Lean shows the fine line between paradise and peril. Mm-hmm. And you see that throughout this whole movie where sure. one day, you know, there's, there's a scene later on, which I'm sure we'll talk about, where they're in that, that mountain spa almost where, you know, where they're the rocks. bathing, they're going down a water slide, yeah. this, and then that turns too. Paradise, peril, right there, the fine line before sure. it turns. I mean, just this war just infects the world. Like, no matter where you are, no matter how beautiful it is, war kind of corrupts everything it touches. You know what? This this movie stands out as, uh, you know, there's a million World War II movies, and you don't usually see this, uh, World War II taking place in this setting. You usually see mm. it, like, in Europe somewhere... Yep. It's dark. It's uh, the the tones, the, even the color tones yeah, are, right. are are different. Then this is kind of unique in that way. They sh- they're showing you it really was a world war. There was war going on in the jungle, yeah, in Europe, and all, all everywhere. You and know? also, this is a World War Two movie with no battles. Yeah, Correct. it's it's, that's a, it's true. a prisoner, prisoner battle. That's war. that's yeah. true. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, well, except the, the, I guess the, the end is chaotic. Yeah, it's a fight. Yeah, it's a firefight. It's not a historical yeah. battle. Yeah, they, they have a little one. <laughs> they have also have a little battle there. Uh, Shears and, and those guys have a little bit of a battle. Oh, that mountain spot. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah, and if we're in the east, it's usually Japan on the coast with, by a ridge Zero or something. Yeah, or something we're, like yeah we're on some sort of coastal battle. Yeah. But yeah, this is not... And that's what I said before. I don't think of this as a war movie. That's part of it is, is there's no battles like you see in yeah. Platoon, like you see yeah. in Saving Private Ryan. You know, it's it's a prisoner of war movie. Yeah, you know, that's really what it is. It's, a, it's, yeah. an, a, it's an aspect of war it's you kind of touch on this it's like this is this feels like the biggest independent movie ever made like because like because because it's such a personal story mm. like you you talk about this chris where you said like a lot of it's just guys talking yeah. in rooms that's the majority of the movie so like it it does have like this independent kind of like art house feel to it with this grand budget and this huge yeah. build this huge bridge being built yeah and but it also is more human than any war movie I'm, I'm familiar with i you know guys i didn't even think to look this up i don't one of you my joey would definitely know <laughs> um the bridge was it did they build the bridge for the movie oh yeah. they did oh yeah, wow. they did okay. it's a yeah. ma- massive undertaking did they, they use pow's i mean that would have been <laughs> <a better. laughs> and they, yeah they, they captured some people oh that's great yeah, I, mean, that, that, I love like, the authenticity guys, like i've been served in 10 years where you're gonna back then. <laughs> yeah but they had they took down trees from that from the area in sri lanka they put them on the backs of the elephants they carried wow. through the river and there's they uh, also built a dam up the river like a man-made dam that they could shut off control the, river. the water control. That's how they did the low tide scene, so that's they could amazing. cut the water off and, and say, yeah. "Oh, the, you know, the river's gone down. The river went down." Okay, what that, that's they, a, they hired, they hired uh, union beavers. <laughs> make sure they're part of the union. Hilarious uh, little tidbit about the elephant. No matter what, every four hours the elephants would stop and play in the water and take a break. Whether it was like on schedule <laughs> with production or not, they would just stop and play. I love that. I mean, who's yeah. going to tell an elephant otherwise? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't reason with an elephant. Uh, they all, although they are highly intelligent. So, oh, like, yeah. Break time. And they're <laughs> yeah. squirting each other. Everyone's sitting around waiting. I want to move into this uh, to this luxurious uh, hospital that, oh, yeah. that Shears has, has relocated himself to. He's uh, conned his way into this into this mix here. Yeah, 
He's got a lovely nurse friend uh, there, too. Artie, you were saying that it, it stands today as a hotel? A hotel, yes. Wow. A historical hotel. It used to be a real army hospital. In oh, cool. in Sri Lanka? Yeah. It's, yeah, okay, cool. And I should just say, one of the reasons that they're filming overseas and that, and that David Lean was excited to do this project and, and to go is is that he was broke as hell through divorce. He mm. was, his, his wife, his ex-wife washed him clean and he was going through all sorts of tax issues oh in, in England. So he had to work overseas so he could cause Fugazi accountant. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, get, and so the point where even when they were done in Sri Lanka, to edit the film, they went to France so he could work in France and not in England. So he had to avoid England for like a couple of years before he could he could go back and kill the finances in order. <laughs> Sir David Lean is avoiding England. He's knighted. He's uh, he might not have been knighted yet. Uh, sure. They might have, they might have uh, washed a couple tax issues away yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, um, Alec Guinness wasn't knighted yet. He was fifty nine. He gets knighted, I think. So, Chris, you you want to talk about the scene here a little bit where he meets the his lovely blonde nurse friend? Yeah, uh, a scene. I I I was it was it was a nice little refuge within the movie. Like even I felt like oh like yeah, you'll break. break from the, yeah. the torture and that's yeah. that's nice. Uh, not wasn't supposed to be in the movie. I guess the. The studio or whoever thought that there there wasn't any white women in the movie, so and they were like, "This wouldn't fund it. You wouldn't, wouldn't fund, it fund the movie they... without the scene. Wow, adding the white woman wow. in, and that they threatened and, to pull all the funds. And lean, it says it was it's it's a horrid. What it was his quote? So it's a, I, it's so a horrid scene. He hates the scene. Yeah. I watched a, an interview on YouTube with David Lean uh, at age eighty. Okay, so he passes away at eighty three. So this is essentially, and he was working on a project that was supposed to come out. Uh, that was supposed to come out in the early 90s, and he, he basically he basically died a couple weeks before they started filming. So he's, he's 80 years old, and he so while he was giving this interview into what he thought was going to be promoting his next project, it essentially kind of becomes his last retrospective on all his work. And they go yeah. through pretty much all his major movies, and he was talking about this movie, and he's talking about this scene. And he said that if he could, he'd have every copy of Bridge on the River Kwai taken in and he would cut that scene out. Okay. He would eliminate it from the movie. A shorter director's cut. This is what I love about about movies and about film and about what we're doing here and all this is I disagree with him. Yeah. I and that's the beauty of watching movies and being lovers of film is that everyone's movie, every movie means something to someone else. And you yeah. can take a different interpretation, you can take a different take on any of these movies, and you can love them with the, that's why we can fight about Platoon all day, because you guys see it one way, we see it the other way, and right. we'll just fight until the, you know, until the, until the cows come home. But I disagree with David Lean. I think there's wonderful character development in this, in, in William Holden's character. I think, Chris, as you said, it gives you a little break from some of the action. There's a little bit of, there's a little bit of luxury mixed in this thing. It's, it's an, it's a, it's different tonally. But I think it's a nice little addition to this movie. I, I think yeah. it reminds the the viewer that these people have there. There's there's something to live for. I mean, mm. th this is like like and he said yeah. Shear says it within the movie. Like you know we're like we want to live like life like human beings and th that this is part of it. Like it's it's it can't be all torture and heartache and this yeah. and war. You know, you got to show you something else so you remember why they're fighting. You know. Yeah, and and it makes perfect sense that it's Shears because yeah. he's oh, the yeah. only. He's the only one that thinks of life outside of war. Right. Mm. Shears also has a line where they're, when Guinness is shooting down the escape plan where he's like, 
I've been here a long time. He's like, anyone who gives up on the idea of escape is basically at the death sentence. Mm. So yeah, he's, I'll, like, I'll, he's I'll, like, I don't care what this guy says. I'm not giving up on this idea. 101, I'll take those odds. Yeah. I'm better yeah. than my odds like, staying you, here. You see, yeah. you, see the, you see the tombstones out here. Yeah. Those are your odds. Yeah. If yeah. you stay here. Yeah. yeah and, and that scene also with with the nurse there, it gives some some of my favorite dialogue in the movie, just the, the little three-way between Hawkins and them and, and their their exchange, you know, the whole art. So we'll have to send a car, pick you up at eight. And looks That's not going to work. No, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> and then he talks to us and he's like, oh, tomorrow at 10. He's like, we'll make that one work. Yeah. And then he goes back. She goes, let me tell you, you're, you know, you're, yeah, you had a great time, but you got to leave. And he's like, ah, quite the opposite. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's a nice little breath of, of fresh yeah. air in this thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go against one of my favorite directors here, Sir David Lean, on this one. You, you heard it first. Kieran hates David Lean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 as, it's when you have a like. vision for something and you are forced to go against that vision, it's going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. But we're yeah. all viewers that have seen the movie the way it is now and that we're like, it's part of the movie. You, you wouldn't want to get rid of it. But he's looking at it from his... his yeah, he's, he's, an, he's an artist and he's compromising his vision. Yeah, yeah, and I don't love the idea. I mean, I've said this to you guys. I don't know if we've done it on the podcast, but I've said on this, with the Star Wars stuff or the, the E.T., you know, turning the guns into walkie-talkies. I don't like the idea of these directors taking their movies back and then changing them and... Yeah, no, and leave, put, leave them as It doesn't yeah. belong to you anymore. It's yeah. people, it belongs to everyone. People, it yeah. belongs to everyone. It's out there. And I think that was one of the points that South Park was trying to make with... With their yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. this is—they're—they're not—it's not yours anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's ours now, yeah. and I—and I have it the way I want it, and—and that's—that's a great thing. Is that in that same interview, he was talking. They asked him about Brief Encounter, which we talked about a little bit, and he goes, "You know, I watched it earlier this this year, and um, I, I I thought it I thought it was quite good. I thought it was quite good." And I was just like, "Laugh." He's like, "I saw it three years ago, and I just thought it was just dreadful." <laughs> this is, all over the place. Yeah, well, because, well, that's I think that's part of the tortured artist, though, is that you have all this, you have all this vision in your head, and and you're just constantly going over how you want things to to be, and, and you're probably just constantly disappointed because never n- n- nothing ever comes out the way you see it in your head. Well, it's that yeah. classic like uh, uh, work of art is never finished; it's abandoned. I think that's, that's what it's like. So I, w- I want to talk about the Hawkins character warden here who we get introduced about a little over an hour into the movie. Played by Jack Hawkins, we talked about in our Ben-Hur episode. Yeah. Ari, did you recognize him? Uh, yeah, he's uh, Arius, or, uh, Quintus Arius from Ben-Hur. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's like adopted takes, father. takes in Ben-Hur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a really good actor. Yes, yeah. And we will talk about again with... Lawrence Arabia gets oh, in, in the next. Too? Yeah, he's got a minor nice. a minor role in that one too. He's a, and he's a jolly fellow in this. He's he's good show. I, I love this character. I, yeah. I this oh, time around, that's one of the things that I got into this because my first watch, I couldn't give a fuck less about this character. Like when I saw this ten years ago, all the scenes with him, I'm like, oh, get back to the bridge. I want to see the bridge. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like I want Nicholson. I want Saito. I want them stomping around. Let's go. We just care about this guy and his his plastic explosives, like. Dude, Warden's first scene with Shears is unbelievable. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. We, hey, little, we've known about your real rank for for a week now. And he just he's sits like, patiently waiting, smiling, lets him do this whole amazing. thing until he it. finds he's like, yeah, he's like, we know this whole story. <laughs> so effective. Yeah, and I, I think this is just, a, again, a wonderfully developed character when you really look at it. Comes in an hour into this thing, we're already so invested in the other three principal guys. Yeah. Now the fourth guy's going to come in, and like I said, the first time I saw it, I was a little bit jarred and annoyed that I have someone else i got to learn here. But this is war as a game. And yeah. this is all fun and games. That's exactly okay. right. Yeah. And when you first see it, you think, you think that they're going with, all right, this is the guy who 
wants to play soldier, but has never been to war. He's he's the old the old professor from Cambridge, and even you know even Shear says it when he calls him says, "Can I can I speak to you on the side? Yeah. I don't want to say it for the group." What's what's with this guy Warden here? This yeah. guy's shot. Um, and, it's like, oh no, he's hardcore. Yeah, and then yeah. and then in in just again developing it in one line. You know, this guy's playing with his his fake explosives and he's playing games out here. Is he going to be ready for what we're really doing here? The general he's talking to, I don't know yeah, his name off the top of my head. Yeah. But he goes, well, I mean, I, I've seen this guy go and blow up like several bridges and like he was captured by the Japanese and and then he gets interrupted. But, yeah. So we don't we don't get we don't, the whole story. We don't need the whole story. Yeah, so we good. just need to know this that taste. oh, this guy's seen some shit. Okay, yeah. so don't like yes, he does look at it like a game and he has other issues that we'll focus on later. But <laughs> but but it's it's not the issue isn't that he's he's college boy who is, yeah. you know, getting we're going to get you know that's a little more uh, Joyce I guess kind of plays more of that role. The guy has not isn't quite ready to see this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that scene where they introduce Joyce and my line of the movie when he's oh, uh, wow. okay. when he's having that meeting with with Warden and and Joyce and Shears, he goes He's like, you have you have paratrooping experience, right? And he's like, uh, no, I don't. He goes, blast! This is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant thing to write into the script in 1957. He's, that, he's uh, blast! This is awkward. Colonel Green? Yes, Colonel Green. Yeah, again, no first name. Right. But uh, also him with the good shows. Good show. Good show. Yeah. Charlie, good show. Charlie, good show. Uh, that's that's oh, great. I, lo- I love Major that. Major Shears here has just volunteered. Oh, good show. You know what reminds me of? Captain Hook. Dustin uh, <laughs> Hoffman. Good show, Peter. Good ball. He's like, we're going to put you in the boo box. <laughs> I, heard about, I heard about that escape from the prison camp. Good show. It's like, good show. It was horrible. I barely survived. Like, oh, I'm God. not a theater. Like, I didn't just put on a play for you. Like, yeah. Good, good show. Karen wanted me to record this like one of his French girls. I know. Doesn't make sense. That's why I trust it. Bonjour. This is Mikola from BPC Episodes, Braveheart, and you guessed it, Titanic. Happy second anniversary, Best Picture cast. Your heart is free. Learn to follow it. Cheers. So the warden, the warden character here, there's, there's one exchange here where the subtext to me is so genius. And this is when they're, he's, he's walking along Shears and they're walking from where they're meeting in, in to go over, throw the papers where, where you already, already were talking about before, where he explains to him that he wasn't really, doesn't really have the rank he is. And, with the, but they're walking the four around his neck, yeah. Yes, and he's got, the, uh, he's got the plastic explosives rolled up in the ball. Yeah. Okay. And the, just, just the subtext of plastic explosives in general, the PE's plastic explosives, the emphasis on the word plastic, meaning it, it's just plastic, it's, it's not real. Here are some of the words that he uses while, during that exchange. Just, and just talk about how, just a couple of lines just to characterize how he looks at war. Okay, and this is him describing the explosives. Just some of the words he uses. Wonderful. It made a pop. It's harmless until detonated. It's actually plastic. You can do what you like with it. All those descriptions make it sound like a toy. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. This is a guy who is playing with toys. And he even tosses the ball. He's having some fun with it. Tosses him. the ball to but he goes, oh my God, he thinks he's gonna, they're all going to blow up. He goes, oh no, it's harmless yeah. until, you, until you detonate it. Yeah. It just shows you so much about how he views war and how this thing is going to progress into the battle that he's going to go into. Yeah, he, go, he goes in like his laser tag. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, it, it seems that way, right? Yeah. But I mean, he does prove it. 
himself. Oh, and that's what that one line later where he just says he's been captured and he's seen it before. So now we, you know, we've now narrowed in what this character is. Is now he's not this. Oh, he's never really seen action before. He's this different thing where, oh, he has seen action before, but he still looks at it like a game. Yeah, which is a way more complex character. Than, so than the one we've seen before. It's sociopathic. Yeah. 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 Maybe super intelligent and highly educated, which makes me think, like, why is he at this point of view? Yeah. He's yeah. somebody yeah. who's not terribly worried about the consequences. Like, yeah. he, it's just, whatever, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, you know? Well, it's a great mentality to have going into it. He's yeah. the only one. <laughs> it's kind of the only way well, you can get through it. Yeah. Uh, the only way to live. That's, that's the key point there, yeah. Chris. But get Graham, you first. But. Let's, can, can we jump ahead for a second? Because we talked about his, how... How kind of hardcore he is. He is the one that basically kills Sheer. It's done super, okay. super subtly. Let's shelve that. Okay. Because that is a bigger... We'll discuss that when we do the final scene. Okay. We'll talk. Because I, I have questions, and I think there's a lot to discuss there yeah. with that. But I, I do want to... Chris, you made a great point in there. Is that's how he gets through it. And this goes back to kind of one of my initial things about these four principal characters and how they react to war and what their entities are within the story. And... Like we said before with Saito, war is a decoration. It's about status. It's about how you're looked at within your society amongst your peers. For Nicholson, it's a way of life. It's almost a purpose. This is, this is 28 years of my life. This is the only thing I can attach my life to. Right. That's how I react to war is I'm just, I consume myself with it and I make it about, about, uh, about my purpose. It's part of your legacy. For Warden, it's a game. It's recreation. He has turned it into a game in his head because that's how he gets through it. And... For Shears, it's a predator. It's an obstacle. It's a means for which you need to survive. He's trying so to get out of it. One's looking yeah. at it like a, a survivor. One's looking at it like a, like a gamer. Yeah. One's looking at it like a like a a, a, job. a, 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 a job. Yeah. And, and career, one's looking at yeah. it like a like a lifestyle. Yeah. You know. So it's it is it's it's making so much commentary on war. Without hitting you over the head with war is bad. At no war point during this movie do I feel I am being preached to, and basically uh, the whole movie I'm being preached to. When you when you yeah. really look at it closer, yeah, yeah, it's 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 making fun of how wasteful and stupid and unnatural war is. The the bashing over the head comes with Clifton. I think that's the only part, especially the, especially the very end. If I if I could get rid of the madness madness quote at the end, mm. I would. Interesting, because it is Cause, it's one of the more iconic lines. I, I know, but, but, I, but I feel like it's like yeah, we we get it. I, we, we know it's well, fucking nuts. The, uh, Grant, I'm I'm kind of with you. Uh, honestly, the Clifton character is my least favorite. Oh wow, part of the movie. All right, so I, like, get the, I like the character. Oh, when we get to the end, there we'll talk about them in depth, and there may be a particular director who could agree with you guys. Ooh, so we'll get to that though, when we get to the end. There is it Michael Bay. Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's Sir Michael Bay, yeah. Sir Robert Zombie. Yeah. I was like, oh, I changed my opinion. I swear to God, if Spider-Man comes up in this, I'm going to fucking kill all, all three of you. Yeah, you, Shears had no way home. <laughs> the Journey Through the Jungle, I think, is some of the finest, grander camera work that we see in this. I mean, we, there's yeah. a ton of little shots and little techniques that we see in that first, that first hour. But just this is when you're you're now watching a David Lean. Epic Dude, here. all the horizontal panning through like the vertical bamboo everywhere mm. is so fucking amazing to watch. Yeah, just that the whole journey again, showing the treacherous nature of the terrain and yeah. hacking through the the, yeah. the trees. 
going through all the, the, the swamp or whatever the hell that the is. Leech, the, the leeches. The leeches. Second, yeah. second movie in a row I've done leeches, by the way. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, that's right. That's interesting because the next one I'm doing is Speed 2 Cruise Control. Which there we leeches. go. So, has leeches too? Willem Dafoe puts leeches all over himself. It's like medication. <laughs> okay. Wow. And that'll be with uh, with Adam with uh, Rewind 2552, right, that's Grant? It. I'm getting better at the name. You I'm are. better at it. Yeah, that's it. The Speed 2 with Artie B. Yeah. Love it. Be interesting. And uh, coming out the week that we're recording this one, Grant, is you did... Uh, it's coming out tomorrow. The Beverly Hills Ninja, which yeah. I just rewatched the first time since middle school. Farley? Is, yeah. Yes. It's, it's, a, movie. It's, it's a wild movie to watch when you haven't seen it <laughs> since you were like in seventh grade. Yes, yeah. It is... Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> How about the parachute scene, too, where this, you get the score is playing this, like, Triumphant music as their as their and then Souza kind of music, yeah. and then it goes to the to the trees with the parachute rolling, and it just kind of goes into like a Mario, like. <laughs> Dude, I love Warden explaining to um, Shears. He's like, yeah, they said practice jumps wouldn't do any good. If you jump once, you got a fifty percent chance yeah. of getting hurt. <laughs> you jump twice, you're at like eighty percent. <laughs> Why even do a practice? So how, how does anybody learn how to do this? They just get hurt constantly. They, like, they basically just throw people out of planes and play the odds. Like, yeah, yeah. four fifths of them will land. I, I think what's uh, going on there too is when when you're in basic, do anything. you're in basic training. You're doing it in Iowa, where it's just like flat surface and it's easier to control the situation. In the jungle, yeah. there's a lot more. So how does he? Yeah. How do you think he dies? What does he? What does he not pull the shoot? I think he time? strangled. I, I kind of. Oh, is that no, what? I don't know. Know. Well, they said he, he went into the trees and then they kind of show him hanging there. So I'm so guessing. It's, un- it's unclear. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he got like impaled by a branch or something. Like he came in too hot. It's, and, and dude, they're, they're, those parachutes, like na- parachutes nowadays, you like pull right, pull left, you can steer. Yeah, no, those I, were just like, I think you they, hold on and see where you land. Well, I yeah. think back then what they did, they didn't even have the pack where you pulled it. No, you just jump within, within your hand and, and you have to just, hope it open. Yeah, you have to open. You can just start flapping the wrong way and you can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It slips out on the jump. Yeah. So basically, from the from the entire way, it's open, which it, it's open, which is like, right. which is not great if you're under enemy fire because you're yeah, just like, you're like, hanging there. So just you have to jump at night, but then you can't see shit. So Could pilots creep. not eject in World War Two? Uh, uh, I don't know. Pilots eject? Well, yeah. Why, why would they, they need? To, why would he need to? I'm the saying wasn't in, with them. in general, could they? Like I'm I don't, saying, I like, if you're, like a fighter pilots under under. No, I don't think they had that then. No. Even if, like if you're going did, down, you're going down. Yeah. Even if they did, when that chair shoots out, the chute just goes right out. It's not like there's a controlled pull the thing and oh, okay. You it's push like eject, the chute chop, the chute goes out right I think right even away. at the beginning of the eject, like I think a lot of them would die just be like hitting the glass above. Yeah, the glass like, wouldn't pop. Yeah, right, right. So you it's pull just, a jack, smash into the ceiling, and then the plane crashes. The odds are you're not you're not making it. <laughs> it's four four suburban dudes pontificating about the origins of the parachute. <laughs> yeah, right. Great stuff. Uh, it was it was invented in the uh, the ejector seat was invented in 1945. So okay, so right around, around this then, time, this right, is 43. 43. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they were yeah no those pilots were they're going down with the old. Oh ship. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially those because they're big ships. I just saw a funny big, meme uh, about, about war, <clears throat> war, World, World War Two video games. It's like it was like World War Two veterans watching watching kids have fun playing a video game about the worst day of their life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so true. Oh, God. So uh, we talked a little about that about that mountain spa scene where they're kind of taking a little bath, they're going down a little water slide. I think there's one shot there that to me is probably like if you were to make a tableau of the movie. Or like draw a painting up and other than the bridge exploding, which right. probably would be the most famous one. 
it's when they've they've shot the, the Japanese soldiers, and you have that pool of red. Yeah. In the beautiful mountain spa, sure. you have the women tiered throughout the mountains. Mm-hmm. And it pans up through to them standing on the top with their guns. That just sums up this movie in a nutshell to me. It's a, it's an amazing... The whole scene is beautiful. War corrupts um, everything. And yeah. just the color, the usage of the colors yeah. in that too. Yeah. Hey, it's Jay Dowski and you're listening to Best Picture Cast. Happy two-year anniversary, guys. 42 Best Pictures down and plenty more to go. I guess we're kind of heading back into Nicholson and, and back into Nicholson's turn into madness here and his descent into madness. The turning point for him, for me, yeah. is when they leave the meeting with Saito, where they have the dinner and they have tea, mm-hmm. and it's this this shot after the sun's gone down. Ah, I know this, what you're talking yeah, about. And he brings up the London Bridges. And the London Bridges, the, the wood they yeah. use for the London the Bridges elf. will stand it's, for 600 well, years. He, okay. he, says, he says that the, the trees nearby are similar to Elm, which was used on, on London Bridge, is that what it was? Right, yeah, for the London Bridge. And he's like, and it lasted for 600 yeah, years. 600 and he's like, years. Wouldn't that be something? 600 years, and he looks up, and there is, ah, oh, man, this is just the cinematographer's, like, orgasm yeah. looking at yeah, this, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. The sky is oh, so blue. It's so beautifully blue, and everything on the ground is so dim and just barely lit. Oh, my God, it's yeah. just, it, it blows you away, Grant. This is actually a something I wasn't crazy about in this movie. Hmm. And I don't know if this because of limitations of technology or, or what, but I really dislike day for night. And I, I Grant, I, I'm with you a little bit. Yeah. Like the night was it the night shots were very very dark. clearly day well, yeah. but like it was like very clearly they filmed in the daytime and it was edited in post. Oh, is that look, is that right? I, that's I guess that's it, what it is. Oh, okay. oh, I thought he tried to use a lot of natural lighting. No, it's all day for night. So it's, so it's all filmed during the day, and then the way it's exposed, or and they add like a blue blue tint to it, it makes it. it oh. It tra- they try to make it look like. I guess night. I, I thought it worked that. totally because I thought it was I, night. It, I, that's something that I've noticed since I was a kid, and it's always, it's always taken me out of movies a little hmm. bit. And it, it was a, there was a lot in this. I and did I, yeah, uh, that I, shot in particular though. I mean, I if, I after it's, sundown, the sky would be blue like that. Well, that, there's a there's a yeah. That's not that's not a um, an accidental color scheme they picked there. I mean, that's, no, there I don't think it's accidental. I think I think it was necessity. But it's but you can tell in other parts too where like it's very clearly a sun shining on their shoulders, but it's just kind of muted. Hmm. Preparing the bridge to be blown up. That, that scene is at night, right? Yeah. They're in the in the like, river. They're and, putting and, the plastic. Yeah. That one. That's where I saw that, and I was like, oh, you can see the sun shining on the river. Oh, I see. I didn't. I guess I didn't notice that. I just noticed that it was it was not easy to recognize what was going on. Uh, I guess that maybe that it was the way they they edited it. Or I don't know. Maybe, maybe just maybe just my hyper vigilance about it because yeah, it's just interesting. Some, yeah, I'd have to go back. It's something, it's something I noticed as like like an eleven year old. Yeah, and it's like always kind of stuck with him. Like that's day for night. That's day for night. I agree with you with that particular scene. It stood out to me as one where I was like, they didn't need to put this scene in the movie. They didn't need to have this lighting and this the yeah. shadow work, but they do, and I really enjoyed it. I and thought it, it worked. It, it is the turning point of his descent into madness when he when that's he envisions when it really kicks the, off. Yeah. he envisions the bridge being there for six hundred years with his name on it. Yeah, and that's when the bridge becomes more of a priority 
than the war. It's yeah. interesting it's, that they would make him that you say that because it's it's almost as if it's under moonlight mm. and the yeah. moon's associated with it, lunacy. Mm. No, See, I, I don't think that that any of that was accidental. I, that specific. Scene. You guys are are putting a lot of emphasis on him being mad, which I definitely think he becomes obsessed. But he doesn't. He, there's he doesn't seem mad. Like he's very calculated. It's a measured and, approach. It's measured. Yeah, yeah that's a good yeah, but word. He even he even takes a step back at the end and goes, "Oh my god, what have I done?" Yeah, I realized that. Like that wasn't me. This was, was me being I think that's mad. blinded that was, by his obsession, though. That was full madness at the at the end, where he was like. Narking on, on the yeah. shoulder. Calling for Japanese <laughs> yeah. soldiers. You know. This guy's like, let go of me, dude. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're using the word madness because that's the toy that they've used yeah, for us to play yeah, with. Yeah. You know? And, and I, I think the ultimate statement is, is that the, the war makes you mad. Right. I, you I know, do, that, to, to answer your question, I do, I do think he goes mad. I do too. Yeah. He does yeah. things that he would never normally he completely do. He loses himself. He loses himself. He has all of his resolve still. But his decision making is now like, what the fuck is? But this what's guy doing? what's also wonderful too, though, is is that we have that the six hundred years things where he kind of looks up and he'll have the conversation with uh, Clifton a little later, where Clifton's like, hey, you know, what we're doing here, this could kind of be perceived as treason here. Yeah. Like, we don't need to build this bridge this well. Yeah. And he comes back at him with some brilliant dialogue where it's like how can you argue with that like all the stuff he says is you know i don't i don't have well it's about it's about section. the morale and the treatment of the and and i understand it to that like i understand his point to yeah. that and it, yeah and, and years later when this bridge is used for something else they'll look back at the british prisoners who were soldiers that built it which is all well and good and that's, all, that's, that's ego but it's all about him i, really. I, I understand yeah. him looking out for his his soldiers i even, understand yeah. that even the soldiers are, are questioning it though like he's like why they're like, i don't see where like why, like, why are we doing <laughs> yeah. this like, so why yeah. are we he knows what he's doing <laughs> nicky oh nicky knows what he's doing um yeah it's uh, are they all cockney is that what it is the cockney that accent? particular guy was yeah whatever you did definitely was <laughs> <laughs> Blindy, you're like what? <laughs> yeah, well, that also goes into how much these guys trust him, and they saw what he endured with the whole love and spiel, yeah. and you know he won them over to to the point where they're gonna do whatever he says, even if it's basically building a a, a bridge for the Japanese <laughs> to transport weapons and soldiers. Yeah. yeah. In that moment, though, even in in, in a, as a viewer, if you're going, oh, this is getting a little bit, he goes back at you and he goes back at Clifton. And you're like, oh no, that does make some sense. And what does he say to Clifton? He's like, you're you're a really smart man, but you have a lot to learn about the army. Yeah. You got a lot to and learn he, about the army. He also keeps saying he keeps saying, uh, I don't understand you. Like, yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. He says it a couple times. Yeah. You know? Meanwhile, Clifton's being reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not yeah. not very convincing though. He he's not a salesman. No, no. Which is I, why I think he's a fairly. I mean, I guess yeah. y- you don't want him to be too convincing for the movie's sake, but uh, I mean, he's I, a weak character. He's a weak character, and you you can't convince Nicholson of anything. We, he's he shown us that he I won't think, bend over anything. Right. I think Clifton has. He's committed to the idea that I believe what I believe, but I'm not going to go out of my way to try to convince all these crazy people to believe what I believe. And remember, they're, they're from that own, pick your battles. They're on their own path. Pick your battles. From yeah. that character standpoint, too, is he's the guy who's been the medic at that prison camp for longer than any prisoner's been there and he's seen people come and he's seen people go and he's kind of the eyes of the audience throughout this thing and he doesn't do too much convincing because the audience doesn't really have that power either he's more or less just commenting where he is and you know when it's time to go to the bridge "Eh, i think i'll stay up on the mountain you know i'm gonna stay up and watch because i don't want to be a part of it yep right smart we have our, our injury here from warden he gets his foot shot at yeah. You know, after he he shows that he's has no problem throwing down as he stabs the guy. 
Yeah. Where old Joyce couldn't uh, couldn't pull the old he couldn't do proverbial it. trigger. Yeah. We see the limping and the the his foot deteriorating. Oh, it's just a just a scratch. Yeah. Just a just chip a, bone. Yeah. It's a, yeah. A, a mere flesh wound. <laughs> you know. He walks with the sock on because he had to take off the boot. He cuts the boot off. Yeah, yeah, it's like, we well, might need that. Like, like maybe. <laughs> we were walking to the jungle. In the yeah, mountains. he chucks it down the hill. I'm like, like dude, what are you doing? That's probably yeah. put it next to you. Right, right. just carry it. Tie it, to, it. tie it to your pack, you know. Yeah, like, fill it with water or something. Cuts the laces off and everything. It's like, you dummy, what are you doing? Yeah. Sets it on fire. Fuck you, boo. It's like, what? Why? He might need those souls. Yeah, And we learned from the general back at the back at the station here that this is a take no prisoners thing here and they have the pill that, the L pill yeah the L pill yeah the sick bastard he is leave me behind I'm, I'm done he's like basically I'd leave you guys behind in a second yeah so, and, and then and Shears is like yeah I know Shears that. cuts his promo and yeah. this is William Holden's I yeah. think one of his you know I love the stuff he's doing in the very beginning but this is where he really flexes his his performance here and, yeah. and it's a it's a scene at, that I think could really be overdone with the wrong approach. And maybe some people out there look at it and think it is overdone. Okay, I mean, Grant, you're kind of leaning toward that a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I think I think he channels into the right emotion to get that script across in, in the right way. Personally. I think he does it great because he's frustrated and fed up with all this rule shit. Mm-hmm. And this is him, like, breaking. It's an important scene for him because it, it, it shows his transition of a guy who wasn't terribly honorable, really, up to this point. But shows that he is honorable. He's not going to leave his fellow, his comrade behind. You're going with us, like you know. It's all, all of us or none of us. You know, like yeah. he's a normal person. Yeah, this he's, movie. He's not. He doesn't. Like what a person would do. He's not a soldier. He, right. Yeah. Right. He, he does. He's, he does, he's not looking at this as a soldier. He's looking yeah. at it as a human being. Yeah, and yeah. He, it's an yeah. honorable thing to do as a human being. Yeah, you, know, right. you don't leave him behind. The honorable right. thing to do as a soldier is. Just pop the, pill the honorable thing to do, apparently, yeah. is to yeah. make the Thai people all carry this fucking guy. <laughs> I don't see him carrying him, fucker. Let, let, the, let these poor no, did, fucking people carry, carry him. What? Didn't they carry him? They carry him as a group, I think. They definitely... No, I, think I, think they, they, I think they carry... I think... I think... I think Shears... Shears might have been leading no, no, I, on, no, on a lot of carry. I think, like Dennis, I think Joyce, uh, Joyce and the other guy... I think carried yeah. the, Not think, Shears is my point. Shears, 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 Shears point, man. You got you need someone. You need a point, man. Yeah, yeah he enough. was in charge. That's right. Um, what, what were you had some issues with it, Grant? I wasn't crazy about William Holden's performance in general, or in this just in general. Scene? Okay, I don't know. Maybe it was just like product of the time. It just his deliveries. I didn't really feel. I, I don't know. Mm. I couldn't disagree with you more. I, I loved was, him. I was going to say this, he's, literally those words. I yeah. couldn't disagree more. Yeah, and I, I've, I've heard that before, Grant. I've definitely yeah, heard I, that before. Yeah. I've heard people say he's the weakest part of the movie. Wow, I, I'm really? with I'm yeah, with Chris and Artie on this one. I really love his performance. And, he, he was a heavy MVP. Um, they talked then. about like maybe Cary Grant. I think doing it. Nah, like I, yeah. I, you know, he was the right guy for this movie. I thought and it totally well, worked for me. Just talking about other possible castings, is there was this kind of like long running rumor that Charles Lawton from Mutiny and the Bounty was supposed to play the Nicholson role. Oh, wow. And Lawton has said that he turned it down because he didn't he, he didn't understand the part. He okay. goes, I don't get it. And then he said when he saw Guinness yeah. play it, he goes, oh, now I get it. Yeah. You know, so it, it took it took Alec Guinness's performance, and Alec Guinness himself said that that compliment was greater than the Oscar to hear yeah. that from, from Lawton. Yeah. <laughs> now, Lean has been adamant that it was never offered to Lawton. He goes, there's no way I could make Charles Lawton look like a prisoner of war. Yeah. You know, starving right. in a prison of war camp. You know, yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, come on, this is not believable. No. Yeah. So I think that that was kind of more like rumor becoming to the point where 
the actors then are perpetuating the rumor by commenting on it. And so I, on. I, Alec Guinness is also like that that quintessential like proper Englishman that you need. Like you need that prim and proper Englishman to do Completely. that role. I just think the the best part of his performance is his reservation. And his just playing everything nice and cool and calm. That's yeah, a very you know. care, that was a really good impression. Oh, <laughs> that sounded just like it. I wanted to keep going. That's kind of a good one too. Man, if he's if he's dialing it up to nine throughout this thing, this no, could be it, it this was, could be an be, eye roller. That, could wouldn't, be an that wouldn't be fitting of the person of the of the character. No, the character no. needs to be reserved. Like like, could you imagine like, Marlon Brando in that role? Uh, <laughs> with with the Saito having cardboard taped to his chest with all the lines on it. <laughs> Hi, Danielle over here from the Braveheart episode, wishing a very happy anniversary to Best Picture cast. To Kieran and the OG host, I am so proud of you all. Your collective passion, vision, and hard work have truly paid off. It was an honor to co-host the first female-driven episode alongside Migla, and I can't wait to join the next one. In the meantime, cheers to BPC and many, many more. We're, we're here now. We're to the bridge. We are yeah, here what bridge? on the bridge. <laughs> um, I love with the binoc- binoc- binoculars. The, the binoculars. <laughs> I love the binoculars. God, God, the damn binoculars. You have Warden looking through it, and he's got this shit-eating grin on his face, like, the yeah. bridge, the bridge. And you have uh, Holden go, now are you happy we dragged you here? It's, it's, like, yeah. it's like when a little kid sees Disneyland for the first yeah. time. He's like, you know, like, he's like, let's get closer. You know, he's I'm like, going to blow this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 The binoculars. Yes. So the camera shots through the binocular lenses yeah. were super good. Everything you saw was like, you'd see little figures moving, but you could tell they're looking over the edge at the wires, and you could tell they're, they're, up to, they're, they're noticing something's fishy. Mm. Uh, really good work with the. You didn't need to cut to binocular zoom on the camera, you know. I don't yeah. even know what that shot is called. Awesome, awesome. There's really another well done, really, really well done, and another one where when Joyce is hiding behind the rock and they use the handheld to peek over the. Oh over yeah, the rock, get really the two good. Of them. Oh, man, really just, good. Yeah, there's they use every trick in the book with the camera work in this. Lighting too. They are basically every lighting trick you could do. They do. As we said in the beginning, is that you have these four storylines that are built up and developed through this, and you have them. Here we are. All culminating together here yep. in at this bridge. I have my quote now. It's a little on the lengthy side, but it is one of my favorite quotes that, I, that we've read so far. I gotta say, one of my favorite moments of this movie, one of my favorite moments in movies as a whole, and this is Nicholson on the bridge with Saito. And say now, it in character. Uh, no, I'm not gonna do that. It's way, it's way too much. Uh, it's way too much. <laughs> to think of where we've gone through with these two characters, Saito calling Nicholson mad and Nicholson calls Saito mad and them bargaining and, and basically just killing each other throughout yeah. this whole thing. Now they're both just standing on the bridge just admiring the beauty of the area around them, the, the beauty of, of the bridge itself, the beauty of the task that they've accomplished, which was called impossible a little early, but we'll give it a go. Yeah. You know, um, and, and here they are just looking looking off into the river. Saito more or less just quietly sits back and listens to, to this little monologue from, from Nicholson, and, and here it is. I've been thinking, tomorrow will be 28 years to the day that I've been in the service. 28 years in peace and in war. I don't suppose I've been at home for 10 months in all that time. Still, it's been a good life. I love India. I wouldn't have had it any other way. But there are times when suddenly you realize you're nearer to the end than to the beginning. And you wonder, you ask yourself, what the sum total of your life represents. 
What difference your being there at any time made to anything? Or if it made any difference really at all, particularly in comparison to other men's careers? I don't know whether that kind of thinking is really healthy, but I must admit, I've had some thoughts on those lines from time to time. But tonight, tonight. And then he drops his, uh, his little Stick. baton into the yeah. water. Um, so much to take out of that. And one of the things that I find the most fascinating about this quote is every time we get to that point in the movie, and I said, I've seen this about seven or eight times at this point. I'm like, oh God, here comes the big, his big moment yeah. here. And every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, I thought he says more. But the reality of the situation is that we've gone so, we've been on such a journey with this character that he doesn't need to say much more than that right. to fill those words with such power and with such depth and with such capacity. And it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful monologue, for sure. Kieran, that was literally my second, almost my first choice, but my second choice for best quote. So mm -hmm. I felt the same way. It's also, it's what he's saying, accompanied by the visual of him. He's, watched, he's looking at this bridge and, and just, he's admiring in admiration. Like he's like, wow, I, yeah. like I did, like I did yeah. this. This and is going to be my legacy. A proud moment. He's, yeah. he's looking across and be like, this is it. This is what I've, yeah, and, and, and I, to even be more specific to what I to, to what I just said is, and, and Chris, you pretty much said it there is, I love in that quote that he doesn't talk about the bridge. Yeah, right. it's it, he he could. How many scriptwriters do we know that would have said, "But this bridge, right. yeah. this bridge"? He doesn't have no. to. He just says tonight. The, the visuals tonight. are never showing you that. thought. Yeah, it's, he drops it's, the thing and he goes, "Oh, oh blast. Blast. and then that's yeah. it. He's like, yeah. "Oh well, there." Yeah, the yeah. visual Men prepared some entertainment. The act, the acting, and the visuals are sh telling you that you don't need to hear it. We haven't touched on this yet. This is one of the best acting performances I've ever seen. Alex Guinness. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go as far to agree with you there. It's, already, it's one of the best acting performances. I've yeah, ever it's seen. incredible. Facial re reservation, everything. Yeah, it's one of my favorite best actor wins of all time. Every choice he makes works. Powerhouse performance. And he's making choices in this. He's right. making oh, a lot of choices. It was his choice to include humor in, yeah. in the character. Yeah. So this this bridge melee here, I think this is where we just kind of open it up to the floor because I think we've all kind of been chopping at the bit to talk about this thing here. Uh, I think from this point out, all fair game with, with this thing because this scene is madness. I mean, let's. there's a lot going on. There's a lot of angles here. Once we realize that that this that this, the water's gone down and this thing's going to show, we have those binocular shots you're talking about. Such a come out of nowhere moment too. It's like, well, the river went down. Well, I didn't even think that was an option. Now, that, yeah. well, what the fuck? Yeah. And like, I love also the subtlety of Shears. It's like, oh, you could see the wire. You could barely see the wire, but. Alec Guinness barely sees the wire. He's like, we got to investigate this a little more. Yeah, just the escalation too of the tension. You this hear, whole you hear the scene. train in the background. The train closer. and another masterful tool that that Lean loves to use is is tension by sound. And there's, and no, just the, there's no score. No score. Just that train yeah. getting closer and closer and closer because we're getting to that moment here. The, so the train noise happens, and he looks down and he says, "We got to go." You know, something fishy going on. As he's walking down with Saito, you hear crickets again. You hear birds chirping. There's no score. Yeah. It's, you hear nature again mm -hmm. as he's walking down because they're still in the middle of this jungle. You never forget the jungle. Yeah. They you, always remind you. Kieran, uh, going back to the last episode we did, do you think Stand By Me takes a page out of this book from this movie? Because the train it does exactly the same thing. You don't see the train, only you only hear it, and then they start running. I think how it was shot, I think it's yeah. impossible 
that it wasn't in the late that, '80s to not or to to film a scene like this and not have, this have to recognize yeah, Bridge yeah, on the River Kwai. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it is the ultimate train scene in any movie. Yeah, yeah. And and David Lean is he loves his trains and he lo- that's that's one of his favorite uh, uses of symbolism. They're in all of his movies from Brief Encounter to Lawrence of Arabia to. Dr. Zhivago to Passage of India, they're in there. And they're not always representing the same thing. And it, it, train symbolism is common in movies in general. And it's usually, usually exemplifies transition in life or whatever it was. In, in, this, in this movie, though, the train is all of these guys' lives colliding and, right. and coming through the same mission at the same bridge. The train getting there on that point. And, and I, I love in the USO show, and this is just goes to kind of more, more highlighting the madness of... of of Nicholson, he gives a speech to the to the boys, and uh, and he goes, you know, tomorrow the injured will be shipped out and sent to the next camp, and and I'm and I'm disappointed that you won't get to see the bridge, in its first practical use. What's its first practical use? Soldiers. Soldiers and VIP. Yeah. Like high-ranking Japanese officials being transported. He's disappointed that the prisoners won't get to see that. Like, yeah. what are you talking about, dude? Probably, like, probably you're insane. The point. Yeah, yeah, like, dude, like you're gonna sit there and admire that that's what you're a prisoner and you help them and, transport and, them. Well, look at it from the point of view of these soldiers. They're all looking at him like, oh, well, this guy's gone insane. Yeah, or they don't. Or yeah, I or think a lot of them are brainwashed. Don't even too. realize it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't get the impression that he, they thought he was insane. What I got the impression it? that yeah. like. They're buying they in. in. They, yeah. they, 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 they're all along with him at this point. Yeah, you know? yeah they, I, they probably don't yeah. realize that he's insane, but like they're along for something. They're not sure why they're <laughs> along for. I, I yeah. I mean, we saw the two guys are talking about. Oh, we, oh, don't worry about Nicholson. He knows exactly what he's doing. They're the two guys who are performing the number right. on stage, the, mm. the 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 duet or whatever. I would I would like to have gotten their opinion of Nicholson after this. And, and doesn't it add even more depth to his criminality in the sense that he's gotten all these guys to buy in? And he's gotten, because they respect him that much and they watch what he, what he endured and what he yeah. went through, he's convinced them to build a weapon yeah. for the enemy forces. That's what this, that bridge is. It's a weapon. This, this bridge will help kill many allied soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the bridge you are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> When you build something with your own hands, no, there is something to be proud of. Even I think they're forgetting what it is going to be used for. I think they're like, look, he instilled this pride and like, look at what we've accomplished. This is an amazing feat we did. Yeah, and they're 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 not they're none of them are really seeing what it actually represents, which is like, they're they're. Doing something horrible against their yeah. their country, you know. Nicholson gets so hyper focused on what the task is, he really loses sight of of what yeah. it is. Yeah, he's skipping over six hundred years. Like, yeah, but what about the war we're fighting right now? What is yeah. it being used for right now? Forget about what they're going to use it four hundred years from now for. Yeah. Like, what is it being used for tonight? Right, yeah. something pretty damn bad. There might not be a Britain now after this. All that being said, <laughs> right, right. You know, Your kids yeah. speaking German. British, so- yeah. Brit- British soldiers <laughs> built this. What's a British soldier? There might not be Britain. Like, That's right. oh my god. But <clears throat> I'm, all of that being said, though, I just got to say, the first time I saw this movie. I was like, as a viewer, I'm like, the bridge? You can't blow up the bridge. Yeah, right. The bridge yeah. has got to stand for 600 years. It's not going anywhere. We just, we've gone through this whole journey to build it. Like, See, it's, it's a really conflicted feeling. 
when when you're watching them like wire the dynamite onto the bridge because you're like, duh, they're doing the right thing. I get it. But I, God, oh, the bridge is so long. I've been here for so long watching this. The, the first time I watched it, I'm like, blow this fucker up. Uh, you're you're yeah. right on the side. I was like, the whole time I was like, <laughs> the whole time I was with Shears and uh, I was like, kill him! Yeah, kill sure. him! Um, so I watched this with, with my roommate Steve B. Yeah. You've heard on, on this one before. And he had seen it before, probably once before so. And like, we're at the end scene and the, and that and it's kind of escalating and I think Vivi just ends. He goes, are you, um... Do you want them to blow up the bridge or no? <laughs> I was like, dude, the first time I saw this, I was like, you can't blow up the bridge. Keep the bridge. Keep the bridge. And now I'm like, now I'm like, all right, this, this, this motherfucker is awesome. Mind. We got to lose the greater good. And he yeah. goes, he goes, yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I like the bridge. I'm not there yet. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is. You guys it's got a, brainwashed. It, yeah. It's the ultimate symbol of the futility of what they're they they mm. just spent. I mean, how how what what's yeah. the time frame? Oh, do we know? It was well it years. Was like, no. It, it, yes. No. It's, okay. So it's, it's like, so they months. start in they start in January, oh, and okay. the bridge has to be done by May. Oh, so it's so it's five months. months. Five yeah, months. Five okay. months. But, but he also spends months in that oven, doesn't he? Yeah. I know. Well, the weeks. camp is there long before. We, we, we wasted I, we wasted weeks, is what he said okay. over that disagreement. Yeah. No. It, so it shows it shows the calendar in early yeah, February. Yeah. At that point, they've been they'd been there for a few weeks. So it starts in January. Okay. And it goes till till May. The bridge has to be up by May. It just shows like the these all these guys put their blood, sweat and tears in this thing and it's just gonna come up it's just gonna be destroyed in a second. And, and that's why back. at the end Clifton's line of madness. He's like, because he watched this whole thing. He's like, I watched all of these people. This guy stood on principle. This guy just killed himself. Everyone had all these feelings. All these men did all this work, and now it's just gone. Everything's gone. They're all dead. Yeah, this is madness. This like, is what madness. I watch? Yeah. And, and what, waste. And what did he say to him to to Nicholson when he was in the oven? Nobody knows we're out here. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's going to know our story. This yeah. is like, we're thousands of miles away from anything. Is yeah. what he says. Yeah. You know, so it's the, they're going through us, and we're so invested. But at the end of the day, like your pamphlet's not going to save yeah, you. The Geneva Convention. Jack Hawkins is coming in. He's blowing up that bridge. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is yeah. happening. And, and while he's doing it, he's shooting mortars off. Of yeah. People, so like, Grant, recklessly, you were asking about the mortars here. Now, yeah. I have some questions about this myself, and I, I still every time I watch this, it's still a little confusing it's, to me. Because at the end, uh, Warden turns to the his escorts. Yeah. He's like, I had to do it. They would have gotten captured. And at first, I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, he had to do what? This is it's so subtle. It's it's too subtle. Yeah. There's there's a point where it, so Andrew Shear says you and kind of like falls down. He's still kind of moving. Then when Warden shoots that mortar off that that knocks down Nichols uh, Nicholson, mm-hmm. you see. You see shears roll over. You see shears like Stop. kind of yeah. like fall. Like I wouldn't even know it if I didn't look it up. It's too subtle. It's too subtle. That's, a, that's so well is put. It, so, is it? I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, go. What What are you actually saying? What, so the mortar he shoots that knocks over Alec Guinness and ultimately kills yeah, him right. lands on lands like right next to shears. And but he Joyce, was shot several times Joyce. before that. He was, well, he but was, he wasn't dead. He, wasn't he moved dead. after the explosion. Right. Okay, okay. And Joyce too. So it so, was implied that he and he says. Um, they would have. Warden told says yeah. they could have been captured alive. Yeah, like I can't risk that. I have to kill them. So my question then is: is as are the filmmakers there? Are they trying to put out subtlety, or are they trying to convey the fog of war? Hawkins' character doesn't really know 
what he did or how he did it. He's, I, this is my read on it, is, is that he's convinced that he killed both Nicholson and uh, Shears. Yeah. However, we kind of see Shears get shot. Yeah. Oh yeah, multiple so, times. Yeah. So Shears could have been dead before he fires off that that mortar. He right. could. So mm. I do, so I don't think it's about subtlety as much as it is about the uncertainty within the fog of war. Is is that all of this shit's going down in in his eyes and the eyes of of the Thai women he's with? They're like, you just fired that at him and he's dead. So from that section of the battle, it looks like he killed him. He might have convinced himself to kill him. Even though as a viewer, we were closer to what's going on, and we can kind of see that he didn't, although he might have finished the job, and he probably almost certainly kills Nicholson. And he, basically, well, he, he does kill Nicholson, Nicholson but his, his, his goal is, I have to kill Nicholson. He's crazy. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and he can't... He's like, I don't care about Joyce or Shears. They're basically dead anyway. And I, I have to shoot this mortar. And I think that line, too, was is that he wasn't necessarily... He, he outed himself as saying, like, mm, I don't care that I'm shooting into him because he can't be captured. Mm-hmm. He's, right. he's got to go also. So and he, can't he says, him, even though he didn't kill him, he was shooting at him with the intent that he could. Okay. Yeah. So that, that was he my reason. But I'll, I'll admit, like I said, I've seen this a bunch of times, and I watch that scene carefully every time, and I'm not... Firm in the ground yeah, where I, I stand. He moves a little bit, but I'm not sure if that's just like it could just be the actor just just unconscious, subconsciously reacting to an explosion next to him. Like mm, I don't know. I it's, don't think that would be allowed in a David Lee movie. They wouldn't have left, left, left that. That's he, true. I, I I think that's, that's a true. hard shot to get. Yeah. And and the way oh, they yeah. ended up, oh, yeah. the way they ended up getting it is the best they could do, and it comes off as too subtle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they had one chance with the train too. That's the other side of it. Uh, right. It was well, a that was, well, they screwed up. Yeah, they the screwed sound. it up, right? The sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't. They the sound wasn't running. So oh. the sound you hear is not. The, the, post. The, the first mess up is hilarious. The first mess up, no. the bridge does not blow up. That's and right. The train just goes over the bridge and then flies off a hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't expect it to go. Over the they had to. They had to repair amazing. the train. They had to redo that's, the train. Oh yeah. my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah I, I, but yeah, but no. The when they they got the shot, they didn't have the sound working properly. So they found footage of a train crash from some it other probably source. Probably ends up being better post. anyway. He, Sounds great. Yeah. Even, I don't even notice it. He, he also wasn't happy with He wanted it. So he, they blew up the bridge and then the train goes off into nothing. He wanted the train to be on the blew. bridge and blow everything yeah. to hell at once. And the guy in charge of special the effects or whatever yeah. was like, that's way too dangerous. Like, the trains could go flying anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that. Like, can you please be happy yeah. with this? Lean has, is known as an obsessive filmmaker, and, and he said to be wedded to filming. So that's like, he is, this is what he, he, the reason he goes on these journeys to the desert, journeys to the jungles, and journeys to the Russian mountains is because this is, this is his life. This is what he loves to do. He loves to be out there filming. He's out, he's out there for months and months. Sam Spiegel, the producer, who was the, the in-between between him and the companies getting all the money, was finally like, okay, guys, we're done here. Yeah. We have the movie. We have the film. <laughs> like, it's over. David, we're calling it. And he's like, um, but we, you know, I still want to get this and I still want to get... He's like, no, 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 this is over. We're, t- we're packing up the crews. We're sending everyone over. And Lean <laughs> stayed back with the, with the camera, with the handheld. He's like, oh, I'm just going to stay out and get a couple more shots. And they left him in the jungle with the camera, uh, and he got. That's where he got like um, the the shot of the one of the, the shots bat. of the of the eagle, the bat. Yeah, the bat one of the shots flying. of the bat. Okay. That, that, um, that 
which is a scene that's a bit um, not out of place, but it goes on a lot longer than you'd think it would. Like it's yeah, filmed like, like Planet Earth. It's a, yeah. like he catches the because flight. it is Planet Earth. It's David Lean yeah, in the middle of nowhere right. with the camera. Like oh, here we go. It's I don't want to go back to my wife and my marital problems and my divorce and my yeah, tax he's like, issues. He's like, Please don't bring me back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's supposed to be like David Attenborough. Just like, yeah. <laughs> the bats were really cool. I loved the the scene where the bats are hanging, and then they pan down and they're they're in the river. I yeah. loved I love that. That was the one time I was like, oh, this is a bit much. Like like he definitely he's he's there hanging were, on there, there a little long. You know? I even felt that the the point the the night where they had like the show and they're setting up the explosives, I felt like that was a little over long too. I do agree with you. Yeah, that is I, I that like, is what that is the, the one moment in the movie where I'm like, mm, okay, let's yeah, like, yeah we, they, they can trim off five minutes easily. Yeah, but yeah. now I, I wonder is that because we've rewatched it for the purpose of analyzing? Or? No, possibly the, the first time. I mean, I, the first time my, I watched it, I didn't think at any my, point like, wow, that was lengthy. Well, yeah, my 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 first watch was. I don't was, think there's yeah. a movie. Ever made that you couldn't trim ten or fifteen minutes off yeah. of, and that, yeah, this, and this was this was pretty things. blatant. And I will say too, though, because Lean was an editor before he was a director. He started as an editor, and then you know edited some of his early films, and then and then when he ended up editing his last film too, uh, Passage India. One of the things that they always describe about with him is is that he is shamefully self indulgent when he that, makes that films. was the That's word. I was, that was the word I was he looking is, for. He is shamefully self indulgent. He's not afraid to just live in that and just live it, but. They say when it comes to editing his own work, he's a quote unquote master cutter. Huh? So okay. he will he'll cut anything and throw it out and not think twice about it. And he has he's been said to himself as while he's directing films, he's seeing the cuts while he's directing. Wow. And in that interview I mentioned before, and they asked me, he goes, you know, you've been, you've been described as an editor. He's how how important do you think it is for a director to have been an editor first? He's he simply replied, it's everything. And I don't know how any director does it any other way without knowing the editing process. Because I'm out there, yeah. I know how I'm going to be editing this thing later. Well, you could go Guillermo del Toro's route and just never use an editor after your first movie. Does he edit all his own He's stuff? He's his second unit. He's his own second wow. unit. Wow. After Mimic, he won't use a second unit. Well. Hey, this is Brendan B. here from BPC episodes such as Shakespeare in Love, The Sting, and Chariots of Fire. Just wanted to wish BPC a happy anniversary. Anything else with this final scene here? The explosion, the... Uh... Uh, one question. I just wonder what you guys think. I, I think I know, but I just want to... I'm curious. Nicholson, does he fall on it partially, purposely? Or yes. is it completely an accident? I think he. I think so. He was, I think his I'm last not... dying choice is to fall that That's direction. kind of what I was thinking. He was, he was yeah. walking towards it before the mortal. Yeah, he realized I made an awful mistake. This yeah, way of yeah. rectifying it. He's about to kick the bucket. Boom, he, he yep. falls on the yeah, puncher. Yeah. Okay. I think that... It's a good question, though. The first watch, you have to rewind and go, wait, is this deliberate? Or... Yeah. Right. And I think that it's it. they shoot it that way, too, because they want it to be... Ambiguous. They don't want him going over there and, and blowing up yeah. like Wiley, I, Wiley Coyote. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's that... You see he wants it, and he wills himself <clears throat> there, and Chance allows that to, to be cleaned up. Right, the, but that moment where he sees Shears and Shears sees him, and it's you, yeah. you, and they both just like fuck, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. mind blown. Yeah. You know what what is going on here? What have I done? It's something every time I see it. Yeah. Uh, I have a, I have a question about the score to end the movie. Is it ironic? Yeah. Okay. It is good. It's like a. I, 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 I was, I was, I was like, wondering because like, nothing happened. And yeah, we're celebrating it. I was yeah. like, because I was like, the first time I watched, it, I was like. 
if this isn't sarcastic, this is the worst call I've ever seen. Yeah, but, I mean, they go from dead silence to yeah. that, too. So it's not, you know. Yeah. Um, now, you guys both mentioned the madness part. I want to go back to that a little okay. bit. And you said you didn't love it. Yeah, I, I think in a, in a movie that is so so crafted in its nuance and kind of leaving you to fill in the blanks on your own, that madness thing is really just ham-fisted. They just mm. really shoved that in your face. It may feel like that now, but I wonder if you're an audience member in 1957 if you feel that way. I don't know. You know, I I, I didn't mind the scene so much. I just it's the character and the actor. I, I just thought it was uh, yeah. It was the least the least strong of mm. the character of the main characters, and he, I would consider him a, basically a main character. Oh yeah, it's the weakest one. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's the weakest one. Artie, what do you think about the last line there? Ooh, well, I just spoke heavy, on it. I, I really pause. like it. It's a really good commentary on. Basically, the whole thing we just watched. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just and, watched... and I'm I'm there too. I don't. I love it. I love it. I don't mind the scene. I think. I think mm-hmm. it. I think it's. I, I de- I'm gonna use the word. It's definitely iconic, right? It's one of the. Yeah. Wait. That that is the that is the yeah. line of the movie. And it might yeah. feel cliche because we. It's a classic line. I, I don't even think it's not even a cliche. It's just, I just don't think it was necessary. Like as as Artie would say, why would a man why would a man talk to him as, 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 as Artie would say, let me infer. That this is madness. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. fair enough. That's but a good point. I, I, normally, I would agree. For some reason, I feel like this this choice worked. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. So, I mentioned a director that agrees with you guys. Yeah. And that director is Sir David Lean himself. Oh, oh wow. He, oh. if he could go back, he said he'd have him say madness on the hill and yeah. leave it at that. Yeah, he should. Twice and is a bit. he said Watch. that last shot haunts him, not just because of what you guys are talking about with the, the redoing it. But because of that and him taking the two steps off, they wanted the helicopter shot at the end, panning up to, to finish the job they did in the, in the start. Mm-hmm. Because they showed him walking, they had to have him in that last shot. And he didn't right. want him in the last shot. He wanted the, he wanted the, the rubble in the last shot. He wanted yeah. all the, the he, wake of everything. He wanted the madness the to be seen. And, and he didn't want to see and to top, on, to top it off. And none of us would know this, but David Linney, I see that. God awful body double walking like a corpse through this through my beautiful scene. Is it that that's not the actor? Oh, the so guy walking. Right, that so actor one was, person on earth who right. right yeah, the actor David. was sent home, and he's just like he's <laughs> walking like a zombie through my scene. You know, like and, and, he's a little too. Dave, you're a little too close to this. <laughs> 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 right. Exactly. Um, I I wouldn't change a thing about it. I love it. I, okay. I absolutely love the ending of this movie. I love this. I love this entire movie. Wouldn't change a thing with the entire movie. Not even the Mac and Me cliff dive. (laughs) Hey, this is Steve B. Happy second anniversary to the Best Picture cast and to all the rotating characters that do these epic deep dives. I've had the pleasure of sitting in on 12 Years a Slave and Twins and love getting involved in all the side tournaments. Absolutely looking forward to rounding up all the usual suspects and doing it again down the road. Thanks for having me, guys. Anything else you want to say before we uh, get into the to the next steps here? I don't think so. I have a note. It's probably not surprising, but I love Saito. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. Excellent. Great. Um, yeah. A, a word on Saito there at the end, too. I love how um, Nicholson's bugging out about the bridge being blown up more than Saito. So I was like, well, my mission was to get the bridge up by May. It's May, yeah. and I'm punching I out here, boys. Yeah. Like, I, I am done. Yeah, I have a threatened suicide before. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. The could, last third of the movie, Saito's, he's beaten. He's beaten he's, he's down. Shell of himself. He's, he's yeah. not even well, him anymore. There was, like, there was a part of that where, ever, where they're, they're celebrating, and he's in his thing, and he writes a letter, 
and he cuts off his ponytail. Yeah, was he was he going to I think he chickened out. I think he was supposed Grant, to that's kill a himself. Really good question. I, I didn't understand was, that. I think he was supposed to kill himself and he didn't. And why? But why? And now he's, he's, he's walking around. He, he's succeeding. He speak again. No, because he, he doesn't speak again. He didn't succeed. Alec Guinness, uh, Alec Guinness right, succeeded. Right. He yeah, took yeah. the project from him. That's not his project. Right. Fair enough. But this this suicide attempt, I guess, or whatever it is, it was on his decision this time. Not. not is that what yeah. that was? Him cutting the? Th- Do we know I, what the I, significance I, of cutting the? Hair I is? honestly thought that's what it was going to happen I think, next. I think that's what it was leading to. Cutting the ponytail is the last thing you do before you fall in the yeah. sword. Or is it just? Yeah. Or is it just bringing dishonor to your family as you cut the? You mail him your ponytail and your family gets sad. They're like, oh, he's, god damn it, this shame. It's like a letter bastard. of resignation, you know? <laughs> he had the top knot and now it's gone? Oh, like, god lice. damn. He had lice, too. <laughs> we should have explored that, I guess, more I, in the research, I, but I mean, I... Yeah. I Joey's, Joey's sitting at home flipping his furniture because he's got the... He's Joey knows answers. all about it. Yeah. We'll get it. We'll, we'll, get a we'll add. We'll add future. Joey's comments about this in post, I guess. Or <laughs> Joey, Joey R here. Uh, let me explain this. Unfortunately, I was not able to make the recording of Bridge on the River Kwai episode. I do have an LVP and a recast that I'm super proud of. RDB was supposed to tease it for everyone, but shockingly, he's as reliable as Doc Brown's predictions for future clothing. The double tie just doesn't work. But I heard that there were some questions about why Saito cut his hair in the movie. The answer is the Bushido Code. During the first meeting, Colonel Nicholson and Colonel Saito, Nicholson states that according to the Geneva Convention, officers should not be forced into manual labor. Saito acknowledges that he does not follow the Geneva Convention, but the Bushido Code. The Bushido Code is the Samurai Warrior Code, and in the time of Samurai, protected the Samurai from the struggles of day-to-day regular people. More brilliance of this movie and the psychology of the two colonels. Oh my god, can't wait to listen to this episode. Later, Saito verbalizes that if the bridge is not completed on time, he has to commit suicide. In Bushido Code, suicide is known as Harry Carry, ritual suicide. The sword Saito always has on him? Uh, well, if, it isn't, if the bridge isn't done on time, he has to take it, lunge it into his abdomen, and twist. So, some real pressure. While Nicholson and the prisoners are enjoying the variety show and proud of their accomplishments, we see Saito watching in a fancy-looking robe in front of a letter he wrote. Saito then cuts off the hair, the top knot, and his head drops, sadly. So, the Bushido Code, it's an honor code. While the bridge is done, Saito is acknowledging that it's done not because of him. It's because of Nicholson. The cutting of the hair and acknowledging that he needed Nicholson is not within the honor code. While Saito does not have to kill himself, there is still shame. And he's acknowledging the shame. The cutting of the hair signals a lowering of status. The lowering of status, doing not being able to lead, is why he cut his hair. See, guys, I do bring something to the table. I spent all this time getting in there and learning about the Bushido Code. I know way more about it now than I ever would have before. And that's something I really appreciate. But, you know, that brings me to the other reason I'm here. And that's because this is our two-year anniversary episode. Again, devastated I wasn't able to be there. But, unfortunately, things come up. I've been a pretty regular here, and you've heard me a lot, um, and I think you know how much I appreciate doing this. A few weeks ago, Kieran and I did a Twitter Spaces, and when I asked what movies I was looking forward to do, I said Gladiator, Deer Hunter, I think I said Lawrence of Arabia. And while I am excited to do all of those, when I really thought about it, they're the wrong answers. The right answer is the next movie I haven't seen that's going to blow my mind. At this point, two years ago... Lost Weekend, Mutiny on the Bounty, Amadeus. I haven't seen them. I wasn't looking in for them. 
Maybe I would have been lucky enough to find them in my day-to-day travels. But overall, the reason I care about this so much is because I love movies. Lost Weekend is very important to me now. Mutiny on the Bounty, Amadeus, a fantastic movie that I'm so glad I now have. That's the right answer. I can't wait for the next one. Probably about two and a half years ago at this point, Kieran brought this all to me. And to think of there now, it's wild. My life's changed. When we first spoke about it, my wife was pregnant. Now my kid's turning two next week, which is bananas. The BPC as a whole, myself as a guest host, the worst picture cast, this whole fantastic network in the movie podcasting world. These are not things you ever could have predicted or thought about, but amazingly we're here and we're not even halfway through our list yet. This is going to be our 73rd release overall, if you include everything. I think the reason that this works is because we're all so passionate and excited. The two and a half hour episodes every week, the bonus episodes, preview episodes, drafts and voting, they're the, just the tip of the iceberg about what we do, right? The daily discussions, disagreements, roastings, um, planning, disagree- everything is what makes this awesome. So I do, I thank Kieran for starting this and let me be as involved as I am. I thank everyone for listening and most excitedly, I'm Excited to watch Back to the Future with Artie for the first time for him. We're going to keep putting in the work. We're going to keep making this better because we care. And we appreciate you very much. But ultimately, getting to yell at your friends about a movie and then the next movie that comes up, you change sides because, you know, you all have such strong opinions. It's how the hell do you beat that, right? So thank you. All right, so let's uh, let's do some Twitter questions. The uh, The good people of film Twitter. We don't have... um too many for this one you know they tend to get to shy away when the war films come out it's a little uh, they, they want to hear more about the uh, the, the, water's, costume the water's low today they want the costume the dramas low. yes the water the, the yeah. river went down overnight adam from 1001 by one he asks is alec guinness's win the most reserved restrained performance to win lead actor did pacino win for godfather no uh no he won for scent of a woman and I don't think That's that that reserved. was preserved at all. No, yeah. Uh, um, De Niro for Godfather Two. That is reserved. a good call. Yeah. No, no but was that? He said lead actor. He's oh, yeah, supporting. So that was supporting. Yeah. Oh, 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 Maybe. Yeah. Nothing I, comes to mind. I'd have to look at the list. Yeah, I mean, me it's, too. it's tough. I will admit, though, that for a lead acting win, particularly in that era, yeah, the reservation is is amazing. Is yeah. you don't see it. It's it so notable. Is Anthony Hopkins not reserved in Silence of the Lambs? I was just thinking that, Artie. Yeah. That's that's a good point. However, the cat, the nature of the character is so loud yeah. that it's tough to call like a a, yeah, a I, cannibal serial killer reserved. You know, like, I mean, yes, also, also, yeah, but his delivery is. Ninety percent of the time, he's reserving yeah, he does, that. He does also bite a person's face off and, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and beat a no, guard to death. No, but Artie, right, yeah, right. you're not wrong. Like he does, he doesn't go full on. He keeps it real. He keeps yeah. it in tight, yeah. you know, like yeah. But I, I, it's not as reserved as this. No, I, this I, I think the character is yeah. much bigger in that movie. Yeah, the only the only time he really raises his voice above like four decibels is when he's when he's battling Joyce, yelling for help. That's really the only time. I mean, a, another one where he, he doesn't raise his voice or go big at any moment, but the character is as big as he gets is Forrest Gump. I mean, he's definitely doing a yeah. big thing. So now. I, I watched Gladiator last night. Did Russell Crowe win for that? That's pretty big. The character is super reserved. He's chopping he's, people's heads yeah, off, though. Like, fine, like, but his, his performance, like when the camera's on him, father to a modern wife, and I will that have is my not dramatic. That is not a dramatic scene. No. He, says that he does not raise his voice. He goes, "I'm father to a murdered son," you know, husband to a murdered wife. 
I, don't, I, I will think, have my vengeance. He doesn't I don't, I don't, raise his voice. It's big. Though. I don't think anything but emotionally. About, he's. Reserved. I don't think anything about Gladiator is reserved. <laughs> yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm with Grant. I watched it last night. It's fresh in my mind. And I think with like a Forrest Gump, back. he's like he's doing the thing. Like he's full in character the whole time. It's a really, know? it's a really yeah. like interesting question. It's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I, we. But again, I think you have to look at the list and be like. To, to really right, yeah, right now, as, as off the top of my head, Alec Guinness is the most reserved. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's which is really admirable. This is because it's so easy to have like a huge emotive performance to get rewarded. Yeah, like I wouldn't call like Clark Gable in in It Happened One Night as like a this big performance. That's kind of like a casual Clooney esque. Right, I can't believe you know Clark Gable Clooney esque. It's totally the other way around. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's a big performance. It's a comedic performance, too. So, you know. Uh, I'll say that, I'm, uh, Artie, you have me thinking about Anthony Hopkins and Silence of the Lambs. There are moments where he's like, he's hamming it up like a, yeah. the FBI. You know, he's <laughs> doing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's not that subtle. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm the, the, the Fava Beans and Keanu line. I mean, come on. I'm thinking him in the prison cell talking to Clary. Uh, I know, but there are moments where he hams it up pretty good. Yeah. The, no, the only moment in this one where he raises his voice at all is in the yeah. end. Yeah. The bridge. Yeah. Come over the bridge. Which is amazing. Oh, it's so it's yeah. so. He, yell, he yells for help like like an old lady getting her purse stolen. Wait, wait, wait! Help! Help! Wait, I have a great. He's literally here. begging for help from the Japanese forces. Like, yeah. dude, you lost it. Kill the Englishman! Kill the Englishman! <laughs> to, to your point about yelling for help like a, a old woman who. Getting her purse stolen. Yeah. He, he walks into this prison camp in the opening scene like an old woman holding her purse. <laughs> he got like He stole my marble rye. <laughs> Get out of here, you old bag. <laughs> it's a great question, though. Thanks, Adam. Yes. Cinemas. Mike from Cinemas asks, "Why do you think David Lean has an obsession with trains?" By the way, congrats on two years. You're all a credit to film podcasting. Thanks a lot, Mike, for that. Thanks, Mike. Nice. Appreciate that. Um, Cinemike. He missed it, me. Uh, why does, he, <laughs> why does know, David Lean have an obsession with trains? It's a great storytelling device. It is. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah, you a, kind of already talked about that. Yeah, right? a, a cool, yeah. it's a, a cool and easy mechanism of symbolism. Yeah, you know, he really can use different things. Moves the story, conveys the message. Yeah, there it is. Like <laughs> it really conducts the story. Yeah. 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 I do also appreciate how it doesn't mean the same thing in all of his movies. Like, there's a big... Sure. Yeah. Difference between this culminating in in the big <clears throat> train explosion from Lawrence Arabia, just like rolling around town trying to blow up every train he gets his hands on, you know, like so it's, it's a little a little bit of a difference there. Or or if you take it to a brief encounter too, so you can dissect those train scenes more and more. As you can hear us do that on on Cinemusts as we talk to brief encounter myself and Mike. So you go check that out too. Finally, Andrew Corns has history been kind of, now so he's gonna he's gonna reference another nominee this year too so this is this will be interesting too because we'll, we'll ultimately get to that too has history been kinder to this film or 12 angry men which many people view with more affinity as an all-time runner-up snub for context 12 angry men number five on the imdb top 250 and a 4.5 average on letterbox bridge on the river kwai 174 on imdb and 4.1 on Letterbox. So that is interesting. Same year, I don't think in any world in 1957, 12 Angry Men was going to win that Oscar over something this big. This was so they're, very diff- they're very different movies. I mean, yeah. you couldn't be more different other than the deep focus. Deep oh. focus is what ties them together. I think they're both 
pretty well respected. I, oh. for, I mean, they're different movies, but uh, people that love great classic movies love both of those movies. 12 Angry Men is more accessible mm-hmm. than Bridge on the River Kwai. A lot of people will see a, you know, a nearly three hour, you know, war movie, maybe not be into it. This one's not as jarring of a watch. 12 well, Angry Men they show in school. <laughs> yeah, it's an 80 yeah, minute. I mean, I watched in high school. Yeah, it's an 80 same. minute, just compelling script that yeah, exists yeah. in a room. It's a chamber piece. Yeah. It's one of and my, who, fa- and who doesn't my love favorite Henry. kind of movie. Actors in a room. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, um, who, who, who doesn't love the best movies ever made? I will yeah. say. I think history's been pretty damn kind to both those movies. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I, yeah, so yeah, one yeah. kind of, yes, one ranks higher on the IMDb list. It is interesting that it's that dramatic that 12 Angry Men is as high as five. And it's I more, will say, too, though, accessible. a lot of those, yes, more accessible. And a lot of those IMDb, like the number one is Shawshank Redemption, which is like, it, it, it's got that warm and fuzzy to it, you yeah. know? And, right. and 12 Angry Men has that warm and fuzzy to it. Prison Over Kwai is not have no. a warm and fuzzy feel to it. No, and it right, is honestly runtime has something to do with that. I it agree does. completely. Yeah, it does. Like I, I saw angry twelve angry men in school in what, two classes? Mm. It'd be four for Bridge on the River yeah. Kwai. We're talking about the AFI list. Twelve Angry Men is eighty seven mm. on this compared to thirty six yeah. the bridge yeah. the bridge was on. So yeah, so now but then that's voted on my direction. So so history on the filmmaking side, and I have a I have a quote here too from one Here's a Steven Spielberg quote on Bridge on the River Kwai. David Lean's his idol, by the way. Here it is. Lean's Bridge on a River Kwai is a film I will see before I direct a picture. When I made my Indiana Jones films and anything that has a lot of scope and is somewhat of an adventure, I'll always run Bridge. That's the perfect picture. It's one of the most perfect movies ever made. I couldn't agree, couldn't agree with that more. There's, if you watch Temple of Doom, there's a there's a huge scene of like bats flying overhead that looks just like. <laughs> Is that wait, right? Temple of Doom? Temple of Doom. He used a bunch of the same uh, locations, filming locations. Oh, did he really? As Bridge on the River Kwai, and he was ecstatic filming. That's during, so. That's so during Temple of so, Doom. So, so those great. bats that we see are called flying foxes. Okay. Native to Sri Lanka, the largest bat in the world. Yeah, they're tremendous. Yeah, huge. These huge, like basically like raccoons with wings. Yeah. You know. Okay, so thanks for the Twitter questions there, Andrew, Mike, and yeah, Adam. Qu- we appreciate good it. Good questions. That'd be so inconvenient if raccoons have wings. Oh. They like knock your garbage, garbage over garbage and fly, fly away. And garbage flies on the Yeah, they carry the bag and fly away. <laughs> all over town. That's, 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 basically, that's basically like the worst case version of seagulls. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strong enough to really carry yeah. a whole bag. Like, yeah, they, they can grab things. Put their things. talons, rip it so yeah. it pours all over. Okay, so I think it is the nitpick zone time, gentlemen. Are we ready to go? Are we going to nitpick a David Lean classic here? Yeah, this, this makes song. me feel real good. We don't have the... the should, we, should we do the theme song? We can do it if you want Which to. one? Nitpick zone. Here we go. Nitpicks, guys. Chris is always. I love when Chris pulls his pad out during these. He's, yeah, I really only have one though. It's hard. Yeah, this it's, movie was this hard. One, there's not a lot. I felt like a dick. I, I have. Think. I have some some cheap ones. Yeah, so. I have cheap the, ones. Rand seems like he's ready to. No, no? really. No, my. Well, like, I, I said this. I'm sorry. sorry don't. I, I said this before. Like in the like when I watch a movie that kind of watching for the first time, I really don't pay attention to nitpicks. I kind mm. of 
like how green was my valley, I didn't really pay attention. Yeah, that second all. watch is when I really start I to get I do the them. exact opposite, Grant. Like, it's the first thing I, I'm like, oh, that's fine. That's <laughs> like, that's, that's <laughs> like, that's, um, this one, this might be just straight up ignorance on my part. Do rivers recede that quickly overnight? Like, and why? what would cause that to happen? I don't know. I would, I actually was thinking about this as we were talking about it today, is I don't know that rivers have tides. That's so what I mean. What I'm saying is. They do is, recede based on rainfall and all that stuff, but, but, but not overnight. So, right. what I'm thinking, okay, Artie, you have maybe a defense to them? They're on an island. Mm-hmm. The water's mm-hmm. coming from the ocean. Right. The uh, ocean has tides. Um, they seem surprised by it. Could though. be. Because like, yeah, I think Nicholson seems like, oh, yeah. it's re- the water's receding. I, I right. would imagine that a, a tree could have fallen and right. created a natural right. dam at yeah, some yeah, point, and maybe the water got cut off. I'm not, is, I'm not that hung up on it. I just thought it was curious. I was it like, is. is that it is worth questioning. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Right. So I have like a like a light one. I have one big one that I guess I'll, I'll save for that that for last. But this is this, this is ridiculous. But I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Far be it from me to question the discipline of of the armed forces or a particular brigade or platoon. Yes, far or, from you. Or their, their, their grasp of, of music or orchestra and all that. Unqualified. I, I, perhaps I am. Definitely. That being said. There <laughs> we go. So we're, we're whistling this tune here, okay? Yeah. The, we all, you don't need me to do it. We all know it. We led the thing up with it. The Colonel Bogey March. The Colonel Bogey right. March. And it is this very notable, very repetitive thing yeah. that everyone is, they're marching for at least probably a mile walking into that thing. And they were whistling as they walked in. They seamlessly went into that bridge pretty succinctly, like all of them. Like, did, were they counting measures in their head as to how many times we're doing da 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 da? Well, they're marching. Da, 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 da. The reason you sing and march da, 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 da. is that you're that you're setting a, a beat to march to. And that but, that was actually done in real life because right. actors weren't in step. And so somebody had to like come up with the song to so everyone was in and, step. And, and I got that, and that's all good. But the bridge to that song is extremely elaborate. Like even like when you, you think about it in your head, when it just starts to break down and go through the different, the different parts. Like, are they seamlessly? Like, is there someone signaling? All right, now it's time <laughs> for the bridge. Coda, boom, and then to kick something. Now I know why they did it within the film is because they wanted to have the moment where the score intersects with the marchers right. and have this grand thing and zoom in on the guy's feet stopping. So from a filmmaking standpoint, it worked. I just don't know that a, a platoon would pick something that elaborate to be whistling to, or they would just keep the regular beat. But they did, beat. though. That was a song they really used. Like, that was a real military song. I, I know, but did, but did they, do, did they do the bridge when they whistled it? Oh, I don't I, think I, they I, did I, the bridge. No, I, I, yeah, that's, that yeah, would be yeah. my question. So, I have a question. So, like, let's say they do the bridge and, you know, 10% of the people mess up, but the rest have it. Would you even notice? They'd get right back on time I, I, I think you'd notice. Well, they'd get back on time pretty fast. You get the rifle right to the back of the head if you fuck it up, right? Like, well, it's not the Nazi you know Germany army. Like. Well, no, they follow the Geneva pamphlet. <laughs> the VCR manual that he had in his, uh, in his pocket. The photocopy. Have, have you guys heard like the dirty version of this of this song? No, no one brought it up here. Da- so. David Lean wanted to use the singing version. Oh, yes. Oh, really? And I they were like, it. nah, it's really, really vulgar. It's about Hitler's one yeah, ball, right? I mean, yeah, want me to sing yeah. it? Yeah, let's sure. Do it. Let's do it. Oh, let's please yeah. do. Okay. Hitler has only got one ball. Goring has two, but very small. Himmler is rather similar, 
But poor old Goebbels has no balls at all. Woo! <laughs> to the bridge! What bridge are you talking about? Da, 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 the bridge of the song. Where does it go, though? Do we want to do this since we have the uh, the music? I, 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 I know all that part, part, but I don't know I don't know what part you're talking about. Okay, here we go. Listen to the complicated nature of this bridge, though. Sounds like they're even getting a little lost themselves. It's not, it's not on beat. <laughs> I don't even know if they're whistling a song there. Like, what a nitpick. They're all whistling. The musical nerd nitpick. And then here's the, 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 the epic moment. The, epic the score kick. Okay, so making the, the whistling sound. We did answer our own question a little bit there. Is the guy clearly signals it at the yeah. front. They're going to turn it off. still a chaotic bridge. Right, right. yeah. It's, it's, why wouldn't we just, let's just keep the, let's but, keep know, the like, Hitler has one a, ball thing It was going. almost like, it was almost forgot the lyrics when he was whistling. They're like, they're <laughs> <laughs> just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> they're like trying to fake it. <laughs> I have a nitpick. Okay, let's go. So you know Shears is going to meet Warden and he gets tackled by the commando training. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, the head trainer, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I'm thinking Crispin Glover, but yes, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. After he brings Shears to Warden, he turns around and sprints away like T1000. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell was that about? Like, why did he choose to he do runs, that? That bu- that was a nitpick for me. He runs like the like the quiet kid in high school going to class. <laughs> <laughs> the dummy. Okay, yeah, yep, the dummy yep. is, is one. I don't even know what you call it the nitpick, but the day for night thing bugs me. Yeah, yeah okay, I mean, yeah, that's fair enough. enough. I, if, I think David Lean would love to be in on the section for it. like, oh, I got another one, the body double here. Like, if, 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 the zombie, you're fucking up my set. <laughs> Fuck him. A, a real cheap shout one when, when Nicholson, uh, Nicholson gets slapped by Saito. Not the hardest slap in the world. Instantly draws blood. Uh, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know about that. Um, that's, a, that's a movie thing, though. I don't know. This is my big one, and again, I get it. We're making a movie here, and it's not the easiest thing to do here. But and this is I'm keep I'm staying on brand here with nitpicking my favorite scene of the movie here. So the train exploding. Are there people on this train, or what's going yeah. on here? Japanese Where soldiers. are they? Are they just seat belted to their seats? They're not crawling out of windows, screaming, climbing out of the car. Like it's just dead on impact. Dead it's on, not that yeah, high. but what, what, they, what if they have to fall? It like is... they're not like. There's no activity. How do you want the movie to end? No, I know. It's a great end. I'm going to quote Artie B. People screaming, trying to get out. And then they just zoom out and show an eagle. I'm going to quote Artie B. It's the nitpick zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, a, a, a train crashing would have a lot more, like, horror and terror and people, like, Climbing out of the train and and it happens right away though the bridge blows up as it's going over and it goes right down. It's very visibly an empty train. Is this my only point? And uh, it this is this the speed the speed defense where this where the where the bus and speed like goes over like there's no one in it. It goes over the bridge. Yeah. Is that is that a thing? There's no one in the yeah when when it makes that when it makes that when it jumps the gap. Uh Oh no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, There's nobody in the train. There's no one in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I love it. It's my, I'm good. A spoiler alert, it's my favorite scene in the movie. But, just for being fair, we're in the nitpick zone. We're in the trust tree. We're in the trust tree. I thought, I thought it's an empty I tree. I thought this was the nest. It's very visibly and audibly an empty tree. I wanted more carnage. 
Uh, I wanted people screaming for their lives! <laughs> Madness! Uh, the Geneva oh, yeah. Convention being a pamphlet is one of my nitpicks. I think it's phenomenal. I love it. I, I love it. I was like, this guy, the Geneva Convention sounds like a document a thousand pages long yeah. signed by every country in the world. And this guy carries it around like they hand it out at Sunday Mass. Artie, Artie yeah. wants a scroll that he just like throws that and it like rolls he's on got, the floor. He's the, like He's got the cliff notes. Yeah, he's, he has the, cl- the cliff notes. He's referring to page 5B in the VCR manual. Yeah. Addendum, addendum 4AX2. <laughs> Changing the battery. <laughs> Like, if you remove the yellow cable, you lose audio. <laughs> the red and white are reserved for video. Don't talk to me about rules! Slaps him in the face. Okay, so are we good on nitpicks? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, not, not bad, not bad. It's awards? time for the awards. Let's do it here, gentlemen. Awards for Bridge and the We'll start with MVP. Grant, MVP. Alec Guinness. Sir Alec Guinness? Yeah. His performance is, is fantastic, and... What he brings to the table really elevates the movie. Mm. I think if this, even if it was Charles Lawton, it would not, I couldn't see anyone else besides Alec Guinness in this role. Only person I could think of was Christoph Waltz, but I would never recast. I couldn't even see that. I, I know, I would never, I would never even. I couldn't think, I couldn't. I wouldn't dick around with Alec Guinness, it's, Guinness with this. Yeah. It's impossible for me to imagine anyone else doing it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I really try not to say that statement because it is an easy thing to say sometimes, but this is one where I really do feel that way. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Chris, MVP. All right, I'm going to keep mine simple. And this is just based on, like, my enjoyment. My MVP is William Holden as Shears. It's just based on the fact that I just uh, really enjoyed this performance. Every time he was on screen, I, like, I paid attention even more. Like, he just lit up the screen. So, that's it. I, I love that. I, I love his performance in this. I love William Holden. I think he's, he's an excellent American actor. Great Great that we get to talk to him about one in, in one of these. This is the only one, I think. For me, there's one of two choices here, and I hate to spoil future episodes, but I have another opportunity to give David Lean an MVP, and I'll wait for that. As much as I'd love to give it to him here, because I think he's very easy to, to tip your cap there. I'm also going to go with Sir, Al- Sir Alec Guinness. I think he is the heartbeat of this movie. He's captivating every time I watch this. The next time I watch it, I will be enthralled with every line of dialogue he has. He makes this script thrive and breathe and become a living thing in this one of my favorite MVPs that we've given this to. It's one of the best acting performances ever. Yep. Period. So I've only done this once before. I'm going to do it again. I have a co-MVP. Okay. It's frowned upon, but go on. It's (laughs) Alec Guinness, who's been named. I'm going to give it to David Lean also, because Mm -hmm. this is his first venture into epics. And into Hollywood, too. And he doesn't make anything but epics after this. And he's a good fucking filmmaker, so... Yeah. I'm going with Guinness and Lean as co's. I figured someone would take Guinness, but I have to say him. Yeah, he really does deserve it. Mm. But I, I lean also. It's a vision for sure, and it's a it's the first step toward of becoming a visionary, you know, or, 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 or one of the most noted visionaries in film history. Good stuff across the board there. LVP, Chris, you're chomping at the bits of this one. You, oh, you've hinted at it. I, I, yeah, I basically said it. And like, listen, it's not egregious. There's And I, I, by the way, I also don't usually do people. I usually kind of pick something else. But there's really not much to, there's not much to choose from in this. It's just this so is well a done. hard LVP. Yeah. And, and even this, even this, I don't think he's, it's not egregious, but it's definitely um, Major Clifton, James Donald. It just kind of was a lackluster character and performance. I don't know what exactly to blame it on, but um, not my favorite. It's just that wasn't my favorite part of the movie. Okay. Joyce. That's, Joyce. That's not a bad choice either. Joyce is the choice. 
for LVP. We haven't done a lot of talking about choice in this one. Well, exactly. So yeah. Maybe, maybe that's listen, it's why it's all, good. It's all relative. He's surrounded by powerhouses. Every scene he's in has Holden, Guinness, uh, Hawkins, the, the other guy ahead, uh, above Hawkins. Not exactly the the most important character in the movie either. I mean, he's a, he has a, he has a, little, he has a little backstory in a little bit. Though. They a give little him bit. some space. He's the reason Warden... Oh, another great line. It was almost my line of the movie is when Warden gets uh, hurt and he's cleaning himself in the river. Joyce goes, it's my fault. And Warden goes, oh, shut up, Joyce. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that is good. So good. So Joyce is my LVP. Yeah. It's not about Joyce. Grant. Mine is the uh, mine is the day for night. Okay, that's yeah. it because it's the nighttime it's, filming. It really is the only thing that that takes me out of the movie, and it's you know it, it's not easy to find an LVP. No, uh, in this movie, and I feel like that's the least valuable, and that and that's just preference. And please, if you're uh, if you're listening to this and you have reasons why this happened the way it happened, please educate me and tell me why I am a piece of shit. <laughs> yes, if you're on Twitter, please reach out to Grant and tell him why he's a piece of shit. <laughs> Only for this specific reason. No, no, whatever reason no, you can No, 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 for this specific reason only. Okay, so my LVP here, and now I, I, I want to say that I wouldn't change a thing about this movie. I love it for what it is. I think it's, it's a great, it's a perfect movie. However, the BPC Geneva Convention requires <laughs> us to be listed to employ... An LVP. So I will, uh, I'll pick, um, now this is a weird one because this is a super undeveloped character, but that's going to kind of be my point is, is Captain Reeves, who's, the, who's the, the poor soul who gets parachuted down and gets choked up by the trees. Um, he's, he's the guy wearing red from Star Trek. <laughs> he's, he's red shirt. He's only in one little, little meeting scene and, and you know, we, we see Shears go, well, you know, he, he'll be fine. He has ice in his veins. So that's kind of his one little piece of character development is that Shears gives him the thumbs up and the okay. So he's obviously interacted with him and knows that he has ice in his veins. I just think that that death scene could hold a little more impact if he's given one one little moment of dialogue yeah, to kind of okay. shine a bit. You really don't care that he's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, you it's barely just even kinda, know who died. You have yeah. to almost rewatch it to understand yeah. who died. Yeah, it, yeah I, I, I agree. It's it, His quick death really serves the story well and serves the theme well. But it would be nice to kind of realize, oh, this guy's a badass. This guy's basically commando. Even yeah. after, yeah. even even after he, they recover him and have him laying there in a blanket, you can't even see him. Yeah, they're like, he's, oh, he's, he's, he's wrapped in his parachute. Oh, they'll, yeah. they'll oh, bury him in a chute. They'll bury him in a chute. Don't worry about him. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, for, for a movie that so wonderfully develops its its characters pretty minimally. They could have given a little bit to you that know, character to make that definitely you know, mean something. Little. Here's what they could have done, and I feel like this would have been great. As Shears and Warden are walking, you know, like to get to like, the meeting, Reeves is in, Reeves. They, they they pass Reeves, who's training, but he's fighting off like three of those commandos. Yeah, just yeah, a little. Like, yeah, a little like, more. And, like, and like he's like, he's just like completely just tear, just like tearing ass, just like just getting, just knocking everyone down, yeah. and really impressing Freddie Mercury. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just, so, you, so you hear that? You hear that, Sir David Lean from Beyond the Grave? We're we're giving you t- we're giving you notes here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, no, I didn't need, I don't need him giving some sort of speech before they jump out of the parachute. Well, like, would, they could have been ruined, you know, it like, would, it could have... It would have been cool to Guys, see. just remember, but when we go here, we might not make it to the ground. Uh, you know, like, been, we don't need that either. Yeah, it right. would have been cool to see his prowess as a soldier. Yeah, just a little yeah, something to make that, that in. Yeah. So that, that's an LVP. That's a weird one, but... No, I get it. Again, a movie that I, I wouldn't change anything about. It's, it's tough to... It's Except tough for that. Well, there's a least and a most to everything, Grant. Despite <laughs> what goes on over on those worst picture cast tracks. I, I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, <laughs> Magic. That's what's going on over there. Check out worst picture cast, by the way. We have Miami Connection. We have Surf Nazis Must Die. We have Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp, which is an amazing episode. Adam and Melissa from Below Freezing hopped over on that one. Great stuff. Okay. The Participation Award. How we doing here? Who we got? Yeah, I'll go. Jack Hawkins. I, I, you, got, you, got my, you got my participation... During Ben Hur, he's getting it here, two for two for Jack Hawkins. Love this patient award. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's kind of on the cusp of being too big for the participation, but fuck it. Yeah, the fourth yeah. of the four majors probably there, and um, a, a wonderful stage actor already for for sure. Oh, That's actually, brilliant theater, actor? brilliant theater actor. Yeah. <laughs> for listeners at home, Artie just says that without knowing it. Often, it just hopes no one will call will call, will call him out on it. Arthur participation award. Oh, Warden. Cool. Same thing. Same Love thing. it. God, this is the moment where so many people pivot and just come up with another one on the fly, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna drop it down three for three. I also picked Jack Hawkins, two for two in, in a best picture guest, got it in my Ben Hur episode as well. Dude, I he just, deserves it. Man. He's amazing. He he's it. absolutely he's amazing. amazing. Yeah. In a movie where an hour in we're so invested in three principal characters, a fourth comes in and yeah, first watch you may not be enthralled with what he's doing. But as you get to know the movie, he becomes one of the most fun characters oh, in this amazing. entire thing. Yeah. He's, he's having a he's great time with everything. And just a, uh, just an, an awesome actor, too. So, yes, there we go. Chris, participation award. I'm going to go with the um, the three Thai actors, hmm. actresses, whatever, uh, that accompany them on the you know the mission. Yeah, okay. uh, they were really good. I mean, they, they were solid. They were uh, kind of a... Little bit of a romance thing going on, and it's a twenty romance, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was it was a kind of an important little piece that you know, and they and it, they're probably not even on the uh, the cast list. I, I would imagine, or maybe they, they are. are. They actually oh, they are. actually yes, are. Yeah, okay, yeah. so I'm sorry I didn't grab their names. I should have, but uh, they were good. They added a nice little nice little. Yeah, uh, part yeah, of nice. the story. We we should um, say too that the movie employed a ton of Sri Lankan extras too, so they added a, a lot of uh, extra wealth to the area and yeah. all that. I think we should just throw out here too, since three of us went for one guy here. Saito's performance. He oh yeah, yeah he's awesome. But, yeah, I, I, but I feel like he was like MVP candidate. Territory. That's true. Yeah, we yeah. Shoots him off halfway through the movie. Couldn't have given him the award he just to make the safe break. He basically shuts off halfway through the movie. I know, but that's part of the great performance. Yeah, 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 it's great. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. just not in a lot of it after that's true. a couple scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, almost, I almost love the hit, his volume being turned down and Hawkins' volume being yeah, turned yeah, yeah, up yeah. as the yeah. movie transitions yeah. to the back end. Excellent. Yeah. Grant, you have a quote you have to throw out there? Uh, I do. And Chris, you still have to give yours, yeah? I do. So mine, mine is a exchange between uh, Saito and Nicholson, where Saito says, Do you know what will happen to me? If the bridge is not built on time, I haven't the foggiest. I'll have to kill myself. What would you do if you were me? I suppose if I were you, I would have to kill myself. Cheers. That's my that's my core of the That's movie. a great one. It's not the one I had, actually. Nice. Okay, alright, good. Uh mine is is uh uh Saito. And it's the exchange between him and Nicholson as well. This is the kind of the first meeting where Nick uh, Saito is trying to bribe him into agreeing to, to yeah you know, bargaining yeah, yeah bargaining with him right. 
and he won't budge, right? Uh, Nicholson won't budge, won't budge. And he finally erupts and he says, I hate the British! <laughs> you, you're defeated, but you have no shame. You are stubborn, but you have no pride. You endure, but you have no courage. I hate the British. And he like, stabs the knife. Yeah. And like, I, I love that line, line too, person. and I love it because I don't like fully understand it ever. Watching like, and he says it so passionately, and like as I'm watching the movie, every time I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, I I want to grasp what you're saying, but I, I can't, you're moving kind of quickly, and I just don't really. I, I all right, yeah, and then we just move on to the. Next it's, scene. Yeah. it's important because he in that scene before that, he's he's very he's kind of doing putting on that fake. Yeah. Smile and the fake, like, like cigar, ah, yeah, like yeah. fake friendliness, and then he just the real feelings just pour out of him, like he can't control it anymore because yeah, this guy's yeah. so stubborn. Great yeah. stuff. I have to say too, I just said this is one of my notes I wrote down. I'm gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna haunt me if I don't say it. We talked about the subtle nature of Nicholson's performance there when Saito is stating to the group that British officers will work alongside. And this is how it is. The camera is almost begging Nicholson to react. Like, it's, it's, it's right yeah. on him, and it's like the... You're waiting for him to wince or wink or make a face or twitch or something, and he just doesn't make a just move. Just takes it all in. does that yeah. either twice or three times. Yeah. And, Artie, you brought up the point for us that the only time he ever does react is when he... When, he set, when Saito says, the officers will not work. And that's when he buttons the, yeah. the button, and he, and he has the twinkle in his eye. Like we're and back they, in business. You're, yes, yes. So that'd be great stuff there. Scene of the movie. Uh, my scene is from where my quote's from. And that's when the... Where Saito tries to bargain with... Um, with Nicholson. With mm-hmm. the with the dinner and the scotch and, and all that. That that exchange yeah. is just... Incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's a great great scene. That's my scene of the movie. Artie's too. Mine, I, I did mention it earlier. Mine is, is the big meeting. With, with once, once Saito agrees yeah. that the officers aren't going to work, they get in a room and they're like, these are all the things you guys are doing wrong. This is how we're gonna fix him. I love Saito's like he's just deteriorating in front of the camera. Like he's just getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, that's a great scene. It's great. Yeah, I love that scene. It's, a, it's I would argue it's maybe the most one of the most important scenes in the movie. You know? Oh, for yeah. sure. It shows that great stuff. the rise of one and the fall of the other. You for know? sure. Yeah. Emotionally, I'm always most connected to that scene of Saito and and Nicholson on the bridge where I gave my quote. Uh, but the scene of the movie to me is the final scene. Yeah, I mean, oh, yes. bridge. this yeah. this movie it would is be egregious. Every, if somebody did that, I mean, so. every character in this movie is on a literal quote unquote collision course. Yeah. I mean, every single one of their characters culminates to this. Whether it's Joyce finally being able to stab someone without the blink of an eye, whether it's Warden throwing the, the mortar bombs and realizing that this isn't really a game here. You just you know you just killed one of your your comrades. It was when yeah. you're right next to. Yeah. Whether it's what have I done? Or, or how about when we realize that, yo, Shears is no coward. Like, he for no reason is jumping out of and, and, and crossing, yeah. that, crossing that river and getting into the mix, even though he's given up the one thing that he's protected this entire movie, his freedom and his life. He's like, I didn't come here for nothing. Yeah, he went yeah. right in there, too. Um, I think we should say, too, is, is it safe to say that Warden doesn't make it out of this one alive? Oh, I think he does. Oh, I think he does. How? They don't tell why. He's got the, the Thai people to carry him out of there. Well, the, the Thai guy dies, too, because he's yeah. shooting at him and he takes a bullet. The women's got him. They, 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 they I don't know. think they know how to, how to, where they're going, and they're still in no, they do. guarded. No, I, they say that earlier, that they're, they're good. Their leader, their leader knew. The, the guy yeah. who gets shot was the one. So he can't walk. 
They don't know where they're going, and they're in, in heavily guarded Japanese territory so where the train just uh, blew up. He's in a Tahiti situation. He's just going to stay there forever. I think they're, I, I think they're like, he's like the, the, the older couple in Lost where they just like, they, <laughs> they just make a life in the jungle somehow, like, together. He, he goes on to he become, he goes on to become Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll Dr. Marlon. I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, you took it out of my yeah. mouth. Wow, what a sequel that would be. Time Machine Recast. Here we go. I'm interested to see where we go with this one. Here, Chris, you seem excited. All right, ready? Yeah. Well, Major Clifton, he's he's, he's changed. Set it up. He's, he's gone, baby. He's going through a change, a metamorphosis, <laughs> and uh, it's Michael Shannon. <laughs> Chris and has proclaimed in a previous episode that every recast he do he does from now on will either be Michael Shannon or John Carroll Lynch. That's it. Yeah, you know, I, it would be different. It would it surely would definitely be definitely be a thing. And, and, I, and I, I, I couldn't go with um, uh, John Carroll Lynch. Like, it just wouldn't make sense. So uh, good, but but I could just imagine Michael Shannon just like being so aggressive. He'd be more aggressive. Madness, <laughs> madness. Yeah. With his crazy, yeah, his crazy, crazy eyes. eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, be, oh yeah, he's amazing. really good. He's in uh, Man of Steel. Yeah, <laughs> just give me a fucking break, bro. Like, are you kidding me? What? <laughs> he motherfucker. Joey's. Joey's. Uh, Joe's skin is turning inside out right now. This, this episode is turning into the end of the, the River Kwai. <laughs> the train just falls. Honestly, I, you, Time you, should we kiss. You're going to be so annoyed at me. I have three. Too late. What's, your, one? what's, your, what's your best one? Fred Willard with Jack Harkins. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty oh. good. Also, Bing Crosby is Clifton. <laughs> and Galvin. Jesus. Crosby and Clifton, come on. He sings to all the sick people. Grant. Uh, mine is going to be controversial because of how much you guys like William Holden's performance. Okay. But you did proclaim that you, you didn't do it for you, so yes. Yeah, yeah so, that's fair. So I went with somebody that plays the over it thing really well, the quote unquote over it, and, you know, kind of sarcastic and kind of grumpy and grouchy. I replaced him with Harrison Ford. Okay. Like Temple of Doom like era. Prime. Like Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. I, I feel like, you know, I, I don't... William Holden's, William Holden's a better actor, probably. It's yeah. just this role's kind of perfect for Harrison Ford. I mean, Ford. I think yeah. Harrison Ford would crush that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. That's a good one. Yeah, I think it'd be perfect for him. I yeah. think I think this would be like an Academy-winning role for him. Yeah. If, no, he, if he was... If he that's, was this. that's great. I love that. I recast Joyce. And it just seemed like kind of yeah. right for right for recast. Um, as much as I think he was fine with what he was asked of. I picked a British actor who is not foreign whatsoever to the World War II scheme of things. Tom Holland. He's been there before. Uh, no, Grant, it's most certainly not Tom Holland. I know where I know the one I have. However, I know where you're going with this. I am Andrew going Garfield. the Spider-Man route. Yes, oh, I knew it. I knew it. I picked yeah. Andrew Garfield as Joyce. I think oh, he would, would just crush it. I, like I mean, it, it, it would. It'd be great. He'd, he'd play the I'm not ready to kill a man a less plot sticky thing. You know, I, no, I think it'd be... Andrew Garfield's it'd, perfect for Add a little more humanity to it. Yeah, yeah. great call. Yeah. Recommends before we do one to fives and the rankings and all that, we'll do a little, little recommends. So right. what do we got here? I'll start. I mean, I again, this is it's sort of obvious and I know we're going to cover it. And, and But if you haven't seen this movie, you should see it because we are going to cover it at some point. Is uh, Deer Hunter. I mean, it's... it's Right? It's fairly... Deer Hunter, it's fairly, it's similar, you know, it's, it's about Vietnam, but it's about POWs. It, it, it goes into a little bit more of uh, what happens to soldiers after, you know, what, when, right. when, they, when they leave war and how it affects them. 
but it's uh it's it's a classic it's a best picture winner so if you haven't seen that one you should definitely watch it it's on par with with this obviously different but similar great one i mean we'll i'll reserve comment until we get there yeah yeah Um, yeah again i don't want to go into certainly certainly fits the bill if you're listening to this and you like these movies, I mean, that's one you're going to have to watch at some point if you want to see all of them. So. Yeah. Grant, recommend. Uh, this one was tough for me. Um, I went with something that was kind of thematically similar. Um, something with right and wrong in the gray area of doing what you think is right compared to what actually is the right thing to do. I went with L.A. Confidential. Ooh. That's a good one. Interesting. I think it's, I think it's an interesting spiritual like you know, watch with um, like accompaniment with... With this movie, yeah, that's a that's an interesting call. I mean, I've seen that one once and recently. I would like to watch that again under that lens. That's a that's an, an interesting idea. I like that. Yeah, uh, and I love me some Guy Pierce. There's you, it's a great it's a great Guy Pierce is one of the most yeah. unheralded actors of. of he's our not time. Ne- he's he's not in nearly enough. It's been a few years for me, but that's a great. I like confidence. No, I, I love it. Party recommend. Gene Hackman and Owen Wilson behind enemy lines. Behind enemy lines. Behind enemy lines. Cool movie about. Seen you haven't seen it? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think I have either. You haven't seen, seen the it. fucking Deer Hunter? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Owen Wilson and the Deer Hunter. So it's wow. uh, a, a, a plane goes down and a guy is stuck. Guess where? Behind enemy lines. Okay. And I'm, I'm following. It's a really, it's a really cool story, and the story is what carries it because Owen Wilson and Gene Hackman don't. The story carries it, and I just, I, that's what I went with. Okay, so I went an interesting route here with my recommends. It's tough for these ones that I, I hold in the highest regard to use recommends for because it's like you're almost always recommending what you feel is a lesser movie. So I kind of went that route on purpose this time. So rather than picking a movie that I, I I want I want to recommend because I really want you to see it because I love it I I picked I picked a movie that I like and is is a good movie and it's a movie a lot of people love and believe it or not it's in a similar place on the IMDb list as this one this one's one seventy four we said the movie I'm about to bring up is one eighty five so it's about ten slots away very similar okay on the list. It's a 2013 movie. These aren't Prisoners of War. It is Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Prisoners. It's directed by Dennis Villanueva. Have you guys seen the movie? No. No, I don't want to. Okay. I don't no, want to either. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> heavy. It's heavy duty in, in content. Yeah. It is a super strong plot. Like the story itself is really, really well written and well planned out. It's, it is plotted. It's a plot that's plotted, you know, like they, yeah. they know where they're doing, they have the great twists, the great turns, it's got the rewatchability as far as that goes, the content's very heavy. However, the movie is lacking where this movie, Bridge on the River, thrives, is the characterization, the development of the people within the script. Okay. And a, a, a script can't just be about the plot. And that's what Bridge on the River Kwai gets, is, is that, yeah, there's a plot, but it's not about the plot. The plot happens organically. The, the, the collision course that we're going to have happens within the time that we have to allow it to happen. But it's about the characters and the interaction with the characters. The characters calling each other mad and not understanding the actions of each other while they all meet in that final spot. Yeah. And the movie Prisoners, it, it, it misses every note in that where you don't understand where these characters are coming from. You just don't. And if... People who tell me, gotta see Prisoners, gotta see Prisoners. I had plenty, and I finally saw it, and I like it. It's good. 
but it is not great. And you need to watch Bridge on the River Kwai and then watch Prisoners and understand the difference between good and great. Okay. And I think that in comparing the two, you can fully see that. Hugh Jackman is like, he's stage acting, shouting so the people in the back row can hear him. Whereas Alec Guinness is doing this very calmly. You know, it, I mean, They're it, also it, coming from very different places. Okay. I don't know, though. I mean... I mean I, one, one has his... One's daughter's missing, and the other one... Okay. Yeah. Yes. But acting versus sure. organically displaying it. And to me, you know, it, 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 he's shouting. He's shouting at you during the part of, part of that performance. And yeah. I know some people love that performance. And, but and, I, and, and also, sometimes that is appropriate, and that is what a normal person would... How, how they would react, you know... So there, there's a room, there's a place loses, for that. If someone loses their daughter, they're not going to be reserved. They're going to be going ballistic yeah. constantly. Uh, okay, I, I'll be interested. I will be interested. I'm not watching to, prisoners. I will uh, be, I, but okay, I'm just oh, saying I'd be interested into yeah. you seeing so the movie. Daughter going missing? Like, are yeah, you no, watch I don't, that? I, don't, I, don't, I, can't, I, I can't stomach that. I'm just saying I'd be interested if you saw his performance that you'd understand what I'm saying. Is that there's there's a bit of stage shouting going on that that's not. So, that doesn't it doesn't get that doesn't get developed through through the the composition of a character. I get it. You it's don't just, know why he's it's screaming just, like he's that. He's just he's the the actor's reacting to the plot and not the characterization of his character he's portraying. Okay, that's got it. that's all. That's all. Party, solid, if solid if I if I watch a, a Broadway melody for Karen, I'll watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> callback to the four of us. <laughs> first subject matter. I don't. Certain I don't subject matter. I can't do. I, I, I don't. Mess, I don't mess, I don't mess yeah. with movies that involves abducted abducted yeah. kids. Stuff, and that's and that's fair. And that's fair. But I, I would I would love a listener who just heard that little spiel I just did, um, who loves prisoners to to come back and and react to what I just said. I'd love to have some discourse on that yeah, because I, I think that if you watch the two movies, you you can you can draw some real conclusions about what is good and what is great and i think that the two movies so can, are, can well. we can we can i go on a brief uh, I, I just have a question based on this conversation yeah. you've seen marriage story i have i love that movie you've yeah. seen the scene uh adam driver yeah. and uh um scarlett Scarlet Scarlet johansson the one where he's kind of screaming at her i think he puts a, his hand through the wall do you think that's i guess not overacting but what i don't think it's okay so he is screaming though right so how does that how does that differ from because the character things? is properly developed we understand it builds, right? it builds. we understand what's behind his skin we understand how his brain is working and what and what what has led him to that point right. and it's organic it's you, you feel it and you understand you it. it's it build, big you feel it building yeah it's right? big that's yeah. a big moment it's right. just no doubt a big moment i mean they use that mechanism of the letter that the two couples write about each other after their divorce which is just oh my god it's it you know melts your skin it's so yeah. it's it's so heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time that's a movie that has wonderfully developed its characters prisoners is not one you know yeah, it's, it's a movie that leans on its very Smart plot. Okay, there we go. We're into the ranking section of this now. The one to fives. Question. Yep. Do, you, do you view Prisoners more as a film or a movie? I, I, I'm glad you asked that. Because is, is it a movie with just like really good actors who don't have a lot to work with? I view, I view it as an episodic television show that was crammed into a movie. Okay. Like an HBO right. limited series. So it's not a film. Um, no, you know, I mean, you know it's, I mean, it's, 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 you know it's, a, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful director. Dennis Villeneuve did Arrival. He's good. Yeah, he's, he's good. very good. He did recently the Dune. Um, very, very good director. Yes. 
it's well directed and was nominated for cinematography. It's um, it's it's your boy uh, Deacons. It's Deacons. Oh yeah, no. it's shot. Oh, it's shot brilliantly. The the, the the filmmaking end of it is great. I'm talking about the script. Yeah, and the story yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, it's it's a film. It's a film, but it, it has that HBO limited series feel to right. it. Here we go, one to fives. Now we're gonna do this a little differently than we normally do. I'm not gonna just jump the gun like I did with the um with the best years of our lives episode. We'll we'll go here with this <laughs> performances. Okay. Does anyone not have a five? No. Oh. Grant, okay. Yeah, uh, Holden's performance was enough for me to oh, wow. to knock it off one. Wow. Interesting. So you yeah. went with the four? Yeah, because I think the... Um, Artie is are you leaving? grabbing for a weapon. He's going to run out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I think the performances of Alec Guinness is great. The actor who plays uh, Saito is good, is very good. Uh, Hawkins, Hawkins is great. Yeah, I just William Holden kind of... Like, in my personal rankings, it's only like a point five. I take off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a full point deduction, but we don't do that here. Yeah. Fives for Artie? Yes. Fives for Chris? Yeah. Five for me. How the movie shot? Presentation to screen? Oh. Anyone not of a five? This is the closest five. to six that we've got. Yeah. It's arguably the best shot movie we've discussed it so is. far. Yeah, the yeah. best shot movie we've discussed. Mm. And that... And I, I'm not ready to say that, but you're probably right. That, that and when you factor in the production value, the production design... Set design, building the bridge, all it's, of that. It couldn't check enough boxes. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I, I literally going through these trying to figure out like what I could take away, and I just couldn't. I mean, when you have to, you have to decide how you can take points away. I and, mean, and you find no way to. Yeah, do it. I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, you know? not, not I'm, just, that. I'm just picturing David Lee with the handheld camera fighting off bats in the middle of the woods. <laughs> like, I'm not ready to go home. I'm not ready to go home. The tax man will never get me. <laughs> He's like, I'll draft another spider web. <laughs> David Lee, No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and finally the story, how it's told. It's a five. Anyone not of a five, we have fives across the board. Okay, so almost five, five, fives from everyone. We do have Grant uh, hitting up the, the William Holden, who's a very significant part of his film. So you have, if you have an issue with his performance, a four is understandable, or 4.5 as, as you quoted to. One to 92s. Anyone like to, to throw some early prognostications here? Art. This is a top five movie. Hmm. I'll, I'm going to go top ten. I'm not going to be as bold as that. But uh, definitely, I think it's got to be in the top ten. Um, Greg? I'll probably do top 15. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. re- realistically. Yeah. Like, top top 15 probably. It's always tough to tell because it's like you forget yeah. you, don't, you, don't, you, don't know, you don't know who's yeah. going to you know you don't know like what else we're going to cover that I'm going to It's going to blow your mind yeah. blow your mind you know. Yeah. Right. It's hard for me to put my foot down and say any movies in my top 5 because when we inevitably are ranking 90 movies when we get to 5 it's going to yeah. be painstaking. Yeah, exactly. So like the, the idea of me 3 years prior like cementing a movie in that top 5 is kind of like oh, what 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 do they yeah. do? Um I will cement it in my top 10. Okay. And when I say cement it, I'm saying it's, it's in there. It's in there. Yeah, it's it's got to be. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be stunned if it wasn't one at the end yeah. of this. So yeah, um, it's thinking. it's a candidate. It's yeah. okay. it's uh is it's in Jacob's lighthouse as a candidate for number one. It's uh, <laughs> it's its number is up there. Uh, it's a lost reference there for those wondering what I'm talking about. Before we get to the other nominees and, and say goodbyes here. I'm going to leave a, a, one last little quote from David Lean here in, in that interview. It, it, they asked him, they said that he's, he's been cited as being a, a bit of a dictator on, on set. And they said, you know, people have described you as being a dictator on set. How do you react to that? And he took a breath, and this was his response. I do like to keep a close hold on everything, 
And I think that's what being a director is. Encouraging the talent, encouraging things that he saw in the negative of his mind when he was doing the script, and suppressing the things that seemed to go against it. And so in that sort of way, I'm kind of a gentle dictator. Okay, so real quick, we, it's not a Who Should Have Won podcast, but we do like to discuss the other movies that were nominated that year. So here are the other movies that were up for Best Picture. We'll start with Sayonara. A U.S. Air Force major in Kobe confronts his own opposition to marriages between American servicemen and Japanese women when he falls for a beautiful performer. Kobe! It won four Oscars. This is a Marlon Brando captain piece here. It won four Oscars, directed by Joshua Logan, who I've never heard of before. So there's dialogue taped up all over the set. <laughs> Everywhere, that's right. This won the best actor in a supporting role, Red Buttons. Beat, uh, beat our boy Saito. Best Actress in Supporting Role, Mayusho Umeki. Best Art Direction, Set Direction at one, and it also won, won Best Sound. How is Original River Kwai not up for Best Sound? Seriously, Seems dude. like that's like a, yeah, like a, a slam dunk, no? I mean, I, I thought the sound... Playing insect sounds the whole movie isn't really doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> boy, did you not notice how much Platoon was influenced by that movie, though? Just... Uh, oh. I mean, it was, it is it was glaring. To be this that, yeah. this yeah. time around, it was so glaring. It's a C-plus yeah. version of... Best Picture was also up for Best Actor, Marlon Brando. It was up for Best Director, Best Writing, Cinematography, Film, film Editing. I don't think it was winning Cinematography, Film Editing. All right, so Sayonara to Sayonara. Uh, we're on to Peyton Place. I just passed Peyton Place. Let's get, let's get on to the next one. Okay, nominated for nine Oscars, did not win one, directed by Mark Robeson. We have the whole thing summed up in one sentence. A peaceful New England town hides secrets and scandals. There it is. It sounds like an IMDb writer was running a little close to uh, to deadline. his deadline. Yeah. It was just like, oh, Peyton Place, um, New England secrets, scandals. Sounds, Boom. Like, sounds like my child at home. <laughs> like a story of Connecticut. It was 4.59 p.m. He's like, all right, blah, 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 I'm out. I have to write the uh, I have to write the, uh, the, the seven-paragraph description of Empire Strikes Back right now. <laughs> no one's going to watch this anyway. Yeah, nominated for nine Oscars and does not win one. I mean, one of those rare feats of being wow. up for Best Picture and not winning an award. It's up for more than uh, Bridge. It is, yeah. yeah. And didn't take home one. The Buffalo Bills of the Oscars. Starring a lot of Turner, Lee Phillips, and Lloyd Nolan. We'll be moving on next to a Billy Wilder joint. Everyone loves Billy Wilder, and he's got Charles Lawton along for the for the oh. next year. Charles Lawton and Billy Wilder in the mix. It's Witness for the Prosecution. Anyone seen this one? No, I've not heard of. I've not seen no, it. No, but I heard it's very good. A veteran British barrister must defend his client in a murder trial that has surprise after surprise. Mm, what attention cool. there. I love myself a good court drama, and you can just see in the little trailer there. We're getting yeah. we're getting into oh, a court a drama. A lot of court drama. drama. Billy Wilder, court drama. Billy, Billy, Billy Wilder and Charles Lawton in a court drama. How about this one? Written by Agatha Christie. Oh, cool. big name and mystery right there. This is an yes. all-star. And screenplay by Billy Wilder himself. Tyrone Power, Marlene Dietrich, and Charles Lawton in that one. Uh, that It's top. It's num rated number 64 on IMDb. Wow. That's wow. surprising. I don't, I That's almost seen... as high as Inception. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see what, what 63 <laughs> and 65 are. I mean, just the fact alone that, that that's that recognized, I mean, that's uh, one to... So according to IMDb, Original Required was a third place 
winner this year. Yeah, but according to IMDb, every movie Nolan's ever done won best, won best Picture. Okay, here we go. 60... Oh, God. Kieran, you're going to fucking hate it. this. You got to kidding me, Chris. What? All right. Okay, witness to the prosecution is sandwiched by... <laughs> It's sandwiched by Avengers, Infinity War, and Spider-Man and Spider-Man. Dude, I'm going to fucking lose my mind, dude. Now, I, I gotta be honest. Chris, Chris came into this saying, no one better fucking bring up Spider-Man. And Spider-Man has organically come up like three times. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> dude I, I will say, this. though. Wait, what is the movie in between these? What is this? Witness to the prosecution. <laughs> By the way, you know what's behind? You know what's behind all those movies is The Shining. Yeah. You know, like oh yeah, the, yeah. yeah behind that's Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. Oh oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So so Wait, Avengers: what? Infinity War is higher than The Shining and Doctor Strange Love. Like get. The Dude, the, we're, the world is ending. And, and, and Old Boy. By the way, great. There boy. we go for time. Get in there. We'll Unbelievable. Get your thoughts on Old Boy on our. Uh, English patient. I'm not even. That is so funny. I'm not that even was... amused. I'm fucking angry. Yes, dude. I funny. will say this though, Chris. I'm going to do a little investigative reporting here. You have done a lot of bashing of Spider-Man on air, particularly Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You have yeah. since seen it. Well, and I... you have some backpedaling to do. I, I didn't. Okay, to be fair, I didn't see the entire thing, but what I saw was very good. It's really good, Spider-verse dude. I still have good. not seen it, so I can still continue to bash it. Yes, yeah. Spider. Finally, we are on. What many consider what should have won. Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. Wonderful movie. It's great. Movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. The, Henry Bond. the jury in a New York City murder trial is frustrated by a single member whose skeptical caution forces them to more carefully consider the evidence before jumping to a hasty verdict. Uh, it is if you haven't if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Twelve Angry Men, that should be the next thing you should do. Yeah, that's my mm-hmm. wife's yeah. my wife's favorite movie or one of her favorite movies. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. One of my favorite movies. It yeah. is. It is like if you sat me down and said, write on an index card five movies that you think every single person should see before they die. That would be on the card. Yeah. It would be on the card. It's. It is a must see piece of cinema. It's. Um, it's been too long since I've seen it. I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been, I. It's I, I could use a rewatch it's on that too. Years. It's really a wonderful movie. I've yeah. seen it a couple times. I remember the first time I saw it was in high school, and just sitting there like, wait a minute, this is like some of the best dialogue yeah. I've ever heard in a movie it, in my life. You know, I talk a lot about like not liking old movies, but I, that's one of the. I think that's the one I saw where I was like, oh. There are good old movies like that that keep my attention, you know. Because like, I, I've also like eighty minutes. I have. I don't have a, a, a good attention span, so for me, like especially with older movies that are paced differently and 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 black and white and all that stuff, I can't. I can't keep my attention. But this one, I was like, oh, there's there are movies, old movies, classic movies that I I can, I can watch and enjoy. And this is that was the one I think. I, this is one of the best scripts ever. Mm. Period. Yeah. Period. We always talk about movies aging and how they age, and you know we're watching these quote unquote old movies and stuff. Six hundred years from now, when the London Bridges and um, Colonel Nicholson's vision of where the bridge and the Kwai will stand, that movie will still be relevant. Yeah. It is that is yeah. a movie about people dealing with people, yeah. and it's again, if you have not seen this at this point, this should be the next thing you should do yeah. is watch watch yeah. Twelve Angry Men. It's it's, a, it's an amazing movie. Um, well, gentlemen. That's it. We're here. We get to the end of another one. We're at the two-year mark. We've been doing Amazing. this for two 
years. Absolutely amazing. Does it feel like two years? A day? Yeah, a little yeah, bit. It does. <laughs> Karen, I'll say this episode feels like two years. Yeah. <laughs> well, we knew that was coming. Um, I have to say, we're also at close to the end of another season. This is episode 42. 45 wow. will be the end of the season. We're almost halfway there. Yeah. Can right. you believe it? Right, Bon Jovi. Yeah, we're living on a prayer, baby. Um, <laughs> season three, The Purge, is almost over. <laughs> and it's going to be a whole lot of debating between what movie's worse than the other. And then I think the top end of it will be a very interesting this, discussion. This too. season, you can describe as stars and scrubs. Yeah. That. That's it's like some of the best movies we've ever covered is in this season and some of the worst movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there, there's a few in between. Yeah, we have candidates for the top five. We have candidates for the bottom five. Yeah, that's really how sure. it goes. Yeah, for um, sure. I love it. Uh, Artie, two years into this thing, from what you remember, what, what, what's where are we going next year? What, <laughs> lead us out. If I could whistle, I would whistle the song, but I can't whistle. So that's right. You still can't whistle. You're still holding on to that gimmick, huh? It's not a gimmick. I can't whistle either. I can't whistle. Fifty percent of the people here can't whistle. I can only wow. whistle. 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 In. Inward. I could blow in and whistle, but I can only do one note. You want, you want to try real quick? Okay, so if, if Saito rolled his truck up... I can't even whistle, man. If Saito rolled Apparently. his truck up and said, I'm going to count to five and you better whistle the dead. thing to, to, to Bridge McCoy, you're dead? Go. Count to, I'm going to count to five? I, I mean, dude, I'm five. Now I'm ten? Two. Trying to whistle? Like, Three. <laughs> Chris. Yes. Two years in. Closing thoughts. I can't believe it's been two years already, and uh, I we built some amazing little community of listeners and of uh, contributors, and I think it's just going to get better and better, and uh, I'm excited to see what we do going forward. Couldn't have said it better myself, Grant. Yeah, um, these two years have been really, really special. Given everything that's that's been going on, it's kind of a nice outlet, kind of something to occupy occupy your, your headspace a little bit, something to, you know, kind of think about besides, you know, impending doom, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. So, Very true. Um, All I think about. Yeah, basically, it's this and that. So, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing to seeing where this goes, where this takes us. It's also brought people together. I, I didn't know Grant before this. I didn't very know true. Joey before yeah. this. Yeah, it's very you know. true. I didn't um, know Artie. I didn't know Jay. Oh, I knew. I knew Artie. There's still some of us that don't know each other. You know, yeah. Joey and Jay still not. There are them. a bunch of people I don't know, but we we still communicate all the time. You know, in different ways. So. Oh, for sure. My favorite episode is the sound in the shape of water by far. Oh, the lost episode. Yeah. Yes, the one that well, that's been. Um, I gotta say it. I don't want this to sound like a like a hokey um, disc jockey here, but we really wouldn't have the energy to do this if it wasn't for the success of the listeners that we've gotten out there and yeah. the people that interacted with us, whether it's just tweeting back and forth on Twitter or um, the just hearing that there's people listening in, in multiple continents and overseas across the country. You know, we get, we see there's like a, like a regular listener in, in Iowa out there who listens to every episode. Like that stuff yeah. is just that, that energizes us to, to keep, to Definitely. keep uh, on, yeah. on on our top of our game with this, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. So please just follow us on any one of our any one of our accounts there, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook's been gone a little dormant, but that's still, we're we're still checking in on it on time. I think Facebook's gone dormant in general. We gotta get on Facebook. Yes. Um, we'll at best we'll picture be on the metaverse. Letterbox. Uh, Letterbox <laughs> is Joey R, who's not here today, is all over Letterbox. He's he informs me every time there's a any kind of like or a smile or anything. Which is, which is good because Artie and I still don't know what it is. So uh. <laughs> they haven't figured out what Letterbox is yet. Um, rate and review, guys. If if you're if you're still listening at this point, you must not have gotten tired of us. So 
let someone out there know that, that you yeah, give us give, a give, it, up. give us a five star on iTunes. It helps yeah. a lot. Guys, seriously though, thank you. Thank um you. I would like to say just from me to you, good show. It was a good show. Jolly, jolly good, jolly good, good jolly, jolly good. good. Good show. But uh, good hunting. Good hunting. Good <laughs> can we get one <laughs> since we can't whistle, can we get one guttural madness before we go here? Madness, madness. I'm